Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $50 to win $200. Just bet $50 and win $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. Mm. Today is part two of our NFL preview. We cover the NFC with Bo Allen. We're going to figure out which free agent additions are going to help their team the most. Can the Rams repeat? What are your NFC surprise teams? How stacked are the 49ers? Is Micah Parsons the best player in the division? We're going to start with a recap of Chris's first softball game. He might prove some people wrong. Play a little alive or dead. Go through our goodie bag for Dan Campbell, and then Bo tells a couple stories at the end of the show. Y'all enjoy and have a wonderful weekend. First thing off the bat, Reed, uh, we got. I, I said to you two days ago after my first softball game, which was Tuesday night, we had a doubleheader that you might be wrong about this year. With a big smile on your face, Reed. What was what were your predictions? I said that I didn't think you'd have a home run. I think softball is a little more difficult than what we in this studio thought. Yeah. Uh, and then you also informed us that it's a wooden bat league. It is. It yes. is a wooden bat league. And my and one of my. My dear friends, Coach Kevin, is in here. Kevin uh, is he's kind of a coach. He's kind of a player on this team. Kind of a coach because he pulled his hamstring the other night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one swing, four steps, hamstring down. Bro, there, okay, so there's three of us in this league, like in, in our group of buddies, right? It's me, Tom, who you might hear about on the show sometimes, and Kevin, who you hear about on the show sometimes. We've referred to him as Bad Back Backy. If you're an OG listener to the show... <laughs> Becky and uh, and Conrath came in here one day, a former teammate of mine, and uh, we did a whole Chicago episode. Uh, Brother Rice, legend. I don't know about legend. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And uh, shout out to Saint Rita's too for for Matt Conrath. But um, Rita, the the Rita's. Rita. Yeah, yeah. So me, Kev, Tom joining a men's softball league would bat. Uh, I'd say one out of three is not too bad as far as like a, a hamstring pull the first night. No, no, I think that, I mean, that, that was going to happen to somebody. But can I say this? I just want to say a couple things. Number one, Reed, you're wrong. 
Okay, because I might not I might not hit home runs a lot on the big field. We were on the big field the other night, but mm-hmm. I hit a ball the other night that would have gone out on the small field for sure. Okay, oh for sure, dude. I put it off the center field wall in true. the big field, center okay. field wall, and I but want, still no home runs yet. But no home runs yet. But okay. if I had the right footwear, it would have been a home run. Yes, because I showed up in Chucks. Now our manager, his name is Fabio. And he's a fucking legend. He's a great. He's a great manager. I call him Skip. Skip. So I roll up. We're all hanging out in the parking lot, and Skip's like, "You're wearing those, like." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it's fucking softball. Whatever." We get out there. The dew point is like I don't even know what dew point means, but there's a bunch of dew on the field. It's wet. The balls are wet. And running around in those fucking shoes aren't. It's not that easy. So I slipped on second base. I would have. But I want to give you the context of the situation, Reed. I've been really excited to tell you this. First at bat popped out. Okay, like I was, I was swinging too hard. I hadn't seen a softball lob in like a decade. Second at bat, I think I had a single. You know, uh, third at bat, I'm getting up there, and uh, the game's on the line. We're tied. It's the uh, it's the bottom of the bottom, dude. However many innings they play in softball, I have no fucking idea. They're saying seven. They're saying like 14 minutes. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck does that mean? There, there's like a time limit on it, but it, it's seven seven nine innings. So we're in the bottom of the seventh. Tom has already been dominating. Tom hit a fucking double off the wall that was just smoked early in the game. He was making gold glove plays. It was inc- it was it was it was incredible. The ump George, what I mean, he's got he's he's seen more softball than anybody. Said he's been out there forty years. Is that what he said? He said he's 40? been out forty so years. So he he's umped. Get him on the pod. Yeah, seven hundred thousand games. Yeah, yeah. He said it was the best play. He's ever seen on first base. Tom he made, said that in the parking lot, dropped it, didn't even say bye, and just turned around and walked away. He said, "Best play I've ever seen," and then walked. And away. then drove <laughs> off, dude. So, yeah. all, so two big guys wow. joined the league. One guy's hit a double. He's making all these fucking Gold Glove plays. I got to step up. Like I'm feeling the peer pressure. I'm feeling the pressure. The other team's good. There's a couple dudes with face tats. Like it's a hardcore league. <laughs> dude. Like. Yeah, tats, right, right. Yeah, yeah. The catcher's talking shit to me. He's like, <laughs> "You got them pretty ass legs, boy." Like, I'm like, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. So I get up there last time. He's like, you got some pretty ass legs. I turn to him. I go, because he goes to wipe some sweat off his face. I go, put that ugly fucking stomach away. I look at the pitcher who looks like David Allen Coe. And <laughs> I hit a ball so fucking hard. In jeans. Yeah, in jeans. Guy had some leather too. Yeah. Not that hard, but hard enough to go over the center fielder's head. I go all the way to third, score the winning run the next at bat. So I'm like, you know, people are carrying me off the field. It's just, it's just a real, it's a real moment for your boy. And all I could think about was Reed and the way he doubted me. The last time I saw that that face you had after that yeah. was, was Super Bowl win, dude. It was, uh, bro. I, I'm just saying, I, I like, is that up there? It's up there, man. And I gotta tell you, softball mm-hmm. as a whole. I wish I retired earlier to play softball, man. I have not felt on a serious note. I'm fucking around. It's all that was a team effort, man. We got a great team, but well, I got lucky I, to be. You know what you know, I was thinking as yeah. I'm walking in the car? What? Chemistry. Chemistry, dude. The, these guys are amazing. Good clubhouse. Good clubhouse, the whole well, thing. Here's the thing. With softball, it's very territorial, yeah. right? I mean, we're three new guys coming on a team that's been around for 15 I years. I could feel it. I could feel it. And they embraced us. They kind of embraced us. Fabio put me in the seven hole. But he to has start. to play the game I, there I had a to earn bit. it. But yes. guess what? When we came back from the, 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 on the second half of the doubleheader, you were, you were, already, were you already limping at that point? Uh, yes. So you were you were being Coach Kevin, mm-hmm. and then me and Tom, Fabio goes to read the lineup, and me and Tom are three and four. 
So I was like, okay. It didn't take long, I but like, I appreciate Fabio. Yeah, for you got to play the game a little making bit. Making us earn it. Yeah. Um, I also want to say this, Reed. Uh, just the last thing I'll say about my own performance, five of six. So it was getting on Effective. base, no problem. It was sports again, bro. Like, Bo, you need to join one of these leagues ASAP, I'm dude. a pickleball boy. Okay. I'll play softball. Bring me in as a ringer. I'd love Go. for you to come be on our team one week. Could we, like, slide him in the, in the I, lineup one week? Can he play third? He can play third because Kevin brought his 19-year-old like uh, cousin nephew, or nephew, nephew in. I got to say, I'm really proud of my nephew. Um, he was incredible. Never dude. played 12-inch softball before. He's an athlete. Obviously. Wow. Yeah, he was, he was playing goalie. Yeah. I, I mean, the next day, he looked like Dorn from Major League. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Dorn. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, I, and I'm like, Mick, are you all right? He's like, I had a great time. I'm like... He's like, I'm sore, though. They put me in left field. Also, great that the 19-year-old was stopping all those ground balls. I didn't want the ball hit to me. BBs. Bro, every time I had to throw the ball in after a fly ball, which I caught most of, it fucking killed my arm, dude. My shoulder is shot. And I asked the chiropractor this morning, I was like, so is this what I'm looking at the rest of my softball career? Is this just an acute injury? He's like, no, this is your shoulder now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what we got to do to hide. Get some cortisone shot yeah, before I, the game. I was thinking about Celebrex. Hey, warm, we got to warm up. Yeah, we got to warm like, up. Like actually warm up. Yep. Um, bring water. We didn't bring any water. I was sweating through my clothes. Yeah, I had hamstrings a soft tissue thing, man. Bro, I was so nervous I forgot where left the field water. I, I, I'm gonna get. Yeah. I'm just telling you. Me and Tom were running out of the dugout, and it could have been some other stuff that me and Tom did before the before the softball game. But we're running out of the dugout, and I had to catch up to Tom at first base to be like, "Dude, left field's over there, right?" Like I was so fucking nervous. When I tell you, my heart was pounding more than when I played my last football game, which was a playoff game. My heart was pounding when we started playing. Yeah. The social anxiety, the being on the spot, the first fly ball that you're hit it gets hit to you, you're like, holy shit, this will be embarrassing if I drop this thing. It's up there forever, dude. You you did get out and left. Thanks. I appreciate it. He did I felt alive, dude. I just felt alive. We gotta talk about cutoff guy though, man. Yeah, I'm not hitting the cutoff man, am I? No. You just Expound you missed on that, it a lot. Coach. Yeah. Um, give me the bag. Give me the so bag. Here, here. No, there's a couple things okay, I got. Here's the you. deal. All right, we went one and one. Great, you know we would have liked to get that other one. Yeah. Those both those teams could hit. Yeah, they put the ball in play. Yeah, they do. We gave up a lot of extra bases because we're not hitting the cutoff guy. Yeah, but don't look at me though. <laughs> every time, bro. Every, every time, bro. Every time the ball was, was to me, I would just panic and throw it as far as I could. And, yeah. but I, I'm telling you, and besides Tom being like Andres Galarraga at yeah. first, like yeah. big cat, dude. Yeah. The guy was pouncing. It I was unbelievable. I don't want to point fingers, but had a rough second game. It's a teammate. We got to pick him up. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's that guy, coach. that guy's great. But I got to hit the cutoff, man. I, I said every time I threw it, I was like, my bad. Like, I'm going to fix it next time. But, you, I mean, you caught the ball. We had a, we had a, we had yeah. a little hiccup, but that's yeah, going to happen. one hiccup. But... I'm not. I'm telling you, the happiest guy in the state of Virginia, okay, to play softball is Craig Fabio. Oh yeah, yeah. Really happy with the acquisitions he made. Yeah, he's made some really, good acquisitions. He's going for GM of the year, but you and Tom in the three four spot. I felt like I was back in 1988 watching the Oakland A's, dude, the yeah. Bash Brothers. Yeah, dude. I'll give you that. A lot of power. It was good. This? I'll give him that. 
The, I mean, we, the cutoff guy, dude. But come on, let's focus on the good I for just, a second. We just did the. Ter- I did. I'm not going to sit here. The, we did. We but know. How about you, the, you cut, the, ball, the cut? The cut is. But the, 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 the swing's kind of sweet. No, people online were saying. There's a lot of power. People online were saying, "Send us your swing so we can roast you." I don't even think no, uh, no, you're no, be no. able to roast it. No, the I don't swing. Think so. game tape. The swing was. We're good. gonna get hey. some game tape at the very next one. Strap a GoPro on your head. Oh, that's what I need to do. You're but not. I won't be able to see my own swing. I just want to that's say this fine. really funny thing. Uh, I was about to go out to left field, and I told Skip, Fabio, I was like, oh, man, uh, I didn't tell you about my cataracts, did I? Like, you know, I don't want to be out there. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, but I know you take medicine for that. Good luck. <laughs> I, was like, that, it, I was like, Jesus Christ, Fabio, you know, because people do this for the cataracts. I was like, you really read the scouting report on yeah. character <laughs> issues. Yeah. So... Uh, appreciate Skip. I'm really appreciative of uh, Coach Kevin. Man, he was he was he gave all out there. Some gave all out there. I appreciate that. Yeah. It, it was a good time. It was no, it was fun. I can't know? say this enough. Tom looked like he was CGI the way he was making some of those catches, dude. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. A 40 year plus ump. Yeah, said it was the best play he's ever That's seen. What incredible. was the play? It was phenomenal. Uh, a line drive down the line. And oh he, yeah, and set he, it up. And he dove like like he would. He was already knocking down line drives like, like it was something in a movie, dude. Like it was. Yeah, and let's just say the guys weren't really getting it right to him. I oh, mean, well, he's, come on now. He's getting off the. He's getting They're off teammates. the teammates. We got to pick them up. Agreed. When we're going to work on that, <laughs> we got things to work on. Yeah. You know, a lot of positives, but yeah. there's things to work on. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was really unbelievable. Yeah. Bases were loaded yeah, when he made that play. Yeah, it was unbelievable. He saved us four runs. Bases were loaded. Saved us four runs. That ball's that ball's in the corner right now, still. And you know what? I was coaching third when you fell. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and uh, I would have I would have sent you. You would have sent me for sure. Oh, waving. But luckily, your nephew bailed me out and hit the game winner. He did. Yeah. Shout out to him, Nick. Kind of jealous. This shit sounds fun as fuck. <laughs> Dude, it's it fun, man. I will tell you this: I could not wait to get home. I don't. My wife, I never tell her like how my day was. <laughs> like I raced into the bedroom at ten thirty at night. And was like I scored the winning run in the <laughs> softball game. That's great, sweetie. No, she was legitimately excited for me because she knows I need to fucking compete. You know what yeah. I mean? She was like, you, "This will make my life easier." You made a comment, I think, like. We were walking in the car, yeah. and you made a comment about you're like, man, we you know that second game, like we should have had that. Yeah, and, dude, you everybody's and, drinking and, a beer, and you were a hundred percent serious. No question, it. like it doesn't. take I, I'm long. like, oh, he, this we're competing here. It doesn't take long, and I will say this: a couple observations. Number one, I'm supposed to get cleats. I'm gonna get cleats this week. Number two, go to some, play it against sports, bro. Get some old. That's, that's what I did. That's what, that's what I did. That's what he uh-huh. did. I'm gonna go. I don't know if you want to do this. Uh, but Amy. Guy, a guy on our team was sliding. Couple Multiple. slides. I've like I heard he, this. Uh, the one guy uh, was it Reed? He was looking to do it. We got a Reed on the team too, by the way. Yeah, Reed. Oh. He's an awesome dude. He's an awesome. Everybody. Dude. I, a lot of. Ke- I walked away saying, "Hey, there's chemistry here." So yeah, Kev pulled his hamstring. I got a shoulder, but we'll be back next week. Tore it all, baby. I really thought about that. <laughs> Bo, Bo, I really fucking thought about that. I was like, I love this yeah. so much. I feel so alive right now, dude. Yeah. I might start t- taking shots of turtle out here. Get a fucking IV before the game. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I might go to one of those um, vitamin IV places and be like, hey, can you put this in the bag? Wish your team could find some next level talent when your business needs somebody with the right skills fast. 
you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed helps star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Indeed assessments help take the stress out of the interview process. Your candidates get to prove themselves before the interview and you can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash bluewire. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash bluewire. Indeed.com slash bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. AFL legend and uh, dart smoker, Len Dawson, has passed away. He seemed like an amazing guy. Uh, and he was an amazing football player. And he's the subject of uh, one of the greatest NFL pictures of all time, which is, of course, the starting quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs smoking a heater at the half on a stool, the first Super Bowl of all time, it was Green Bay. But the guy was smoking a fucking cigarette. And uh, that's the way it was into the 80s, man. Not to make the entire eulogy about that picture, but it's a dope picture. Like It's a dope picture. You know, Imagine being Super Bowl and like the way the picture is, is like the most important thing to him in the world is just the next drag of that dart, man. No it, question. It's such a great pick. Somebody's like, we gotta run some more dive. And he's like, fuck, I'm just... I need a cigarette. Give me uh, a second. I mean, talk about sports science. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this this guy was incredible on and off the field. So that uh, picture, it's from the 1967 World Championship, AFC mm. NFC World Championship. The photographer, Bill Ray, he had a deal with Hank Stram saying that he could photograph any Chiefs players. He could only release the pictures if the Chiefs won that game against the Packers. They lost. So this picture was not seen until 2013. Wow. It was almost 45 years cool. later that the picture was finally released. This guy was, uh, he was, he was, he's, he's an icon, man. He was an icon. Uh, and so let's blow the Hunger Games whistle for Mr. Len Dawson. Another in a long line of NFL players that kicked ass for, you know, over 80 years on this planet against all odds, evidently. So we had a couple of retirements this week. Shaquem Griffin, I want to I want to ring the Hunger Games, uh, blow the whistle for him. He was remarkable, man, to be able to play a football game that like I needed every appendage I had, dude, like. Is that the right word, Matt? No, that's the wrong word. You used your dick to play football? <laughs> no, I didn't use my dick to play football. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> what is it? What 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 is extremity? I need you need and my appendages sometimes to play football. Your, your phalanges? What is an appendage? A projecting part of an invertebrate or other living organism with is a it, distinct appearance or function. So like your ear would be one. Nose? Yeah. 
Could it be my hand? I guess so. Oh my god! Yes, vindicated. I feel vindicated. So yeah, I used all my appendages to play football. But <laughs> Shaquem Griffin obviously had a ton of challenges, man. Like he played with one hand and it's such a big part of the game. I don't know how he did it. It's really remarkable. I'd love to have him on the show and ask him about, you know, his journey and um, everything he went through because uh, he thrived, man, in the NFL. And it was cool as hell to see him get in the league, his brother get in the league, kind of the same time. And that had to be a really fun run for those two. And I'm sure it'll continue. You know, he'll he'll be, uh, you know, rolling up to stadiums on Sunday to watch his bro. Uh, so congratulations on a great career for him in a lot of ways. Uh, Hunger Games whistle for my guy. And then one from you, Bo, right? Yeah, I had one too. I want to give a shout out to JC Treader, who just recently announced his retirement. Center for the Browns, also NFLPA um, president, which is an incredibly thankless job. Like, I don't know if people understand how much goes into that. And he kind of did a lot for the Players Association during coronavirus. Um, there was a renegotiated CBA during that time. There's a lot of shit. And I was on a lot of calls with him. Like, as a player, was on a lot of calls that he was on that he led. Really smart guy, and I think a very underrated player, too. But, like, just to fucking be the NFLPA president at a time like that, there is nobody that, like, signing up for that, he probably had no idea what he was getting into. Um, it's like a wartime president. Seriously, like fucking Eisenhower or Who's something. Who's his comp? Who's his comp, Matt? <laughs> um, wartime president. Maybe Woodrow Wilson, World War One, or FDR in World War Two. Now doing NBA <laughs> <laughs> just joking. Some guy sent in bingo for the show and he had all this shit. Read, read what was on bingo uh, because it was pretty I funny. I saw one of them. It was like my lovely wife, Meg. I love yeah. that. Guilty that's as like, charged. Guilty as charged on a lot of this stuff. I mean, like we do go to the well on a lot of stuff. Greenlight yeah. bingo. Matthew Slater anecdote. Uncle Howie, William Hayes, Robert Quinn mentioned. Lovely wife, Meg. Code break. Water boys. Climb Killy. Love is love. Fly on the wall, wishing someone significant other a B day on the pod. Uh, Bevel Conway, Flathead Lake, smells like weed in Studio J. Macon's hello. Carson Wentz, Fax talks about buffets or his Pokemon <laughs> card YouTube channel. Yeah, we were talking to Ken Golden about Pokemon yesterday. Yep, and there's an athletic greens ad. Cowboy Reed has a great draft that goes un- unappreciated. Okay, this, get off that. Yeah, it's fucking. <laughs> you know what, man? Uh, I think your drafts go appreciated. I hear a lot of Reed won the draft. So. We did a draft yeah, from outside the room. From outside, outside the room. The room. But For I always sure, appre- inside I, the room. I'd love some more appreciation. So somebody say, "Hey, That's Reed, right. you say Reed, your draft was fucking awesome." Yeah, I'd love it. Okay, yeah. from now uh, on, next time. Reed, you know? nobody likes the guy that begs for compliments. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a Bo Allen special. <laughs> so shout out to Pizza Dad on Twitter for making a, a a great bingo card for us. That was pretty funny, and I didn't see dead actresses on there from Reed. You know, like that that would definitely make my bingo card. So maybe now that we've 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 Hunger Games a couple retirees, now that we've created some distance between the Len Dawson eulogy and, and this new segment that we've got going. Just for people who are just tuning in, this isn't something we made up today because Len Dawson died. But I've discovered that I'm really bad at figuring out um, like who's around still. I was getting all types of people wrong uh, last week. I think, well, some of it was kind of Dick Van Dyke. Like who know who knew Dick Van Dyke yeah. was around? 
what happened? Like, what happens if you're canceled? Like Bill Cosby, live or dead? <laughs> Basically dead. <laughs> it's a different category. Physically alive, but he's dead. He's dead to me. He's dead to me. Dead to me. All right, Bo, this is three rounds. You versus Chris. First one goes to you. Alive or dead, Robert Redford. Dead. Robert Dedford. Robert Redford is alive. Oh! Jeremiah oh. Johnson lives. Do you know Zach Galifianakis nodding, sitting on a rock gift? Do you know that, yeah. Jeff? You do? Yeah. That's Redford. It's Redford. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Redford. Killer it's, beer. Yeah. Good, good call there. You passed. Fuck. On one of the two. Alive, huh? All I right. was going to say alive, but I'm just mind fucking myself now. <laughs> All right, Chris. Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Did, did not make it. No, she's still kicking <laughs> it. <laughs> 76. It's a tough game. It is a tough game. All right, but the score's still tied. All right, Bo. Famous golfer, Arnold Palmer. No one's going to remember that we're dead, guys, at all. We're sitting Arnold here. Palmer. We're, hold on a second. We're sitting here in the studio, and I can't remember if Robert Redford or Goldie Hawn are alive. Like, no one's going to remember us. Nobody. No. No, I'm fucked. Uh, Arnold Palmer will live on forever through his delicious drink of iced tea and lemonade. So, but I think he's fucked. I think dead. he recently passed away. Died in 2016. Okay, good. Hey, we're board. on the board. Well, yeah. <laughs> not right. but, but, but I mean, you know, Arnold Palmer is a great drink. So he's in a way he's still with us. No question. And Goldie Hawn had a lot of great movies. She's yeah, alive. She's still alive. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Let's see if you can uh, get off the mat with uh, Joe Frazier. Get out of the coffin. Joe Frazier's dead. Joe Frazier yeah. is dead. Yeah. I'm pretty good there on my, you know, athletes. All right. Tied up at one going into the third round. Um, Bo, famous musician, Paul Simon. Alive. Paul Simon is alive. 80 damn. years yes. old. I thought I saw no, him release good. That's good, but damn it in the game. <laughs> All right, Chris. I just want you to know I might be mind-fucking you here, so we'll see. All right, this guy. You guys might not know this guy. Charlie Trippy. He was the number one pick in 1945 in the NFL draft. Played halfback for the Chicago Cardinals. Inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1968. Served in World War II. Born in 1921. This is so wrong, dude. He's alive. Hell yeah, he's alive. He's alive. Big 100, victory. 100 years old? Because I knew he'd be alive. But see, that's my point. Like, here we go. We got a guy living to 101. Nobody's studying uh -huh. what's going on with him. What's going World on with him? I'd like to do what yeah. Charlie Trippy's doing. He only fought in World War II, played in a leather fucking helmet. Len Dawson beat prostate cancer in the 90s, dude. He had the purple people eaters just teabagging him. Charlie no. Trippy is a uh, quintuple threat. He was adept at running, catching, passing, punting, and defense. Charlie Trippy is J.J. Reddick's worst nightmare if he was a football analyst. <laughs> Guy could do everything, but happened to have to have a job on the side. And he'll paint your porch. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's, he's awesome, dude. And a cool name, Charlie Trippy. Can't trip Trippy. 
So yeah, no one's tripped him up yet. He's alive. All right, I think we call it a tie. It's a recurring segment. So no, you got to go. We got to break the tie, bro. Right, yeah. I got you. I got you. All right, Bowie. Matt, it, it, I know in life there's no overtime, but in alive or dead. You've been scarred from some experiences with the Rams, I think. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, Bo. Uh, Oscar Robertson, famous basketball player. Ooh. Here you go. Sorry, friend. He is still He's around. alive, buddy. 83 Fuck. years old. See, I saw him out time. there with all the other tall 80-year-olds on the NBA. You know, Fuck. wasn't he at the thing? Absolutely. Yeah. And he's one of the ones J.J. Reddick could not talk about because he could play today. Yeah. All right, Chris, let's see if you can win it with this time one. I'm going for the kill. Paul Newman. Oh, he's dead. Yep, he is. Yeah, but... Much, Ooh, much that was like, so easy. everyone much, knows he's oh, he really? face all over salad dressing. When did he die? When did he Nobody die? Has their face on salad dressing bottles that they're alive. It's good salad dressing too, man. Um, and and just and he like was he, alive. he was alive, he was alive when he had the salad dressing. No, no question. Yeah. But but he, Cool Hand Luke, you know he uh, he's gone to the uh, he's, he's got, gone to the upper room. A little mixed he's got movie that reference. Dressing. Posthumous dressing. He, it's a lot like your Arnold Palmer. Every time you gob <laughs> a big, you know, the white one that's creamy, it's got poppy seeds in it. Every time somebody yeah. gobs that on their salad, he's a very a, a, alive. How much Newman. money has uh, Paul Newman made from his salad dressings? Do you guys know? I think it's donated. Untold, right? untold amounts. Bo's right. It's all donated to good causes. All proceeds uh, yeah. benefit. Uh, good causes. What a yeah, guy. Chris, why don't you try that, man? Why don't you try to be <laughs> selfless for a while? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was uh, that was riveting, and it's good to pick up the win. Like, a lot of people thought I'd go 0-16 out here. The way That's I your got. first win? Yeah, that was the second game ever. But Is, is that a fine, 0-16? Uh, oh, 0-17, yeah. Put it in the jar. Put it in the jar. I'm, I'm the... Uh, that, that, was, that was Greg Camarillo... Uh, of the Dolphins scoring a, a, tri a triumphant touchdown in the 25th hour to secure a win for his team, uh, one in one in 15 or one in 16. That's what I am right now. We had some action on your Twitter, yeah, uh, this week. Eagles Nation uh, brought back a, a tweet from uh, 2018 where you said, Chris, that you'll get a tattoo of Eagles linebackers coach Ken Flagel's face if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. The uh, uh -huh. Eagles Nation account retweeted it and said, wait, did this ever happen? Tagged you and said, believe we speak for everybody when we say pick or it didn't happen. So pick or it didn't happen. So I, I got this tattoo. And what's kind of it's kind of irritating when you get a tattoo uh, and everybody's like, you know, picks or it didn't happen. I'm like, no, it happened. <laughs> like it definitely happened. I definitely got a sizable tattoo of Ken Flagel on my rib cage. Because doesn't Meg, when Meg m met Coach Flagel, she said that... Uh... <laughs> yeah, when Meg met Flage, Flage was, you know, uh, Flage was like, I'm, I'm Coach Flagel, uh, and shook her hand, and she goes, I wake up next to you every morning. And uh, he... My I lovely think, wife, Meg. <laughs> yeah, my lovely wife, Meg, made it uncomfy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's there. So, I mean, I guess I'll just show you. I got to take my headphones out, Bo. I forget which side of my body he's on sometimes. Okay. He's here. So, 
Can you see that? You can see that? You can? She kind of moves around sometimes depending on which direction. Um... So there he is. Ken Flagel for everybody. I mean, like, he's there. He, he, I, can, I can manipulate, like, I can ma manipulate his expressions, like, because on your ribcage, you can kind of make your belly move around. You know, you can make your ribs move around, and Ken can give you a little, like, kind of like a raised eyebrow sometimes. But Flage is there. He's there forever. It says yeah. it says pay up on one side of it. So that was like you know like because tattoo artists they're very you know they like to frame things in. And he was like, you got to do something. I'm like, can I put like a bow tie on him or something? He was like, no, we're not putting a bow tie on this guy. Uh, so I just put like pay up with the L V whatever it is the Roman numerals. So as my witness for the audio listeners, there is a tattoo. Hey, I forgot about that when I was in Montana. Fucking Chris took his shirt off because we were going swimming. I saw that and I was fucking dying. I forgot all. That. I was like, bro, why the fuck do you have a tattoo of John Malkovich on your rib? <laughs> it's fucking bland. He does it's the look like this shit in the world, man. John Malkovich. Or yeah, when I go swimming, I wonder what people think about that tattoo. They wonder who that is. Yeah, it's like. Is that his grandpa or what's going on? Nah, just fucking Flage. I, I like to think Flage is out there just, you know, having himself a normal fucking day and then just will remember that his face is tattooed on your body somewhere and just like, fuck. Dude, I think about it sometimes. Sometimes I forget he's with me on this journey. But yeah, Flage is there. So the Eagles, Eagles Nation, who I go back and forth with sometimes, they wanted me to put it in the in the thread, you know, which it felt like entrapment. Then they get to break the tattoo. Green light pod breaks. The we'll, tag we'll tag them. We'll tag you. We'll tag y'all we'll ta we'll boys and girls. We've got Dan Campbell's care package here. Um, we are sending a care package to Dan Campbell. We will be talking about the Lions in today's NFC preview. The other day I found out that Dan Campbell dips Copenhagen straight. I have sources. Um, and so I said, Reed, go out and get uh, a bunch of logs of Copenhagen. And I'm sorry to report, Reed, that this 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 isn't gonna do it. This is like a day for Dan Campbell. Yeah. This is one log of Copenhagen that Reed grabbed, and today I needed a dip and forgot. Even though I'm a Kodiak man, I forgot my dip, and uh, I had to bust into Dan Campbell's log of, <laughs> of Copenhagen. So I just want you to know, uh, Dan, if one of these things are open, it's not like it's been like nothing sketchy happened. I just needed a lip. I didn't um, know what a log meant, <laughs> so I guess. <laughs> And I thought that it was like five of the tens. No, so this is one log read. Okay, that's so, a lot. So Dan's going to need like maybe 15 of these bad boys. Yeah. Maybe 10 hey, of these bad boys. Throw the rest of the tin in there. Yeah. The open tin. <laughs> throw it in there. Yeah. I, what if I give him the open tin? And what, the open tin. What is the, what's the code on that in a post-COVID era? You know, he'll, he'll take, he probably takes the fattest lips. He dude. probably, yeah, well, he does because I see it on TV. So we got some Copenhagen in here. Uh, that's good, Reed. We, we need more Cope. Uh, so these are, these are some slippers in large nice. and XL. Uh, so like you need, you need something to walk around on in training camp. These are like, uh, I don't know what kind of animal this is supposed to be. Reed, like a, that's a Sasquatch, a Sasquatch. Okay. We got some Sasquatch slides. The most dangerous animal in, the in the wilderness. Oh, that's really, really good. good tight yeah. end. I think Sasquatches are, that's really good. So Dan's going to like that. We got some can candles in here. We got a one candle says sea salt, caramel, hot cocoa. Nice. He might he smell it, dude. You're not gonna might, smell it? Might be a little effeminate for Dan. Now this one here, water mint and eucalyptus. I could see, mm, I could see Dan burning this in his office in Pontiac. 
Nice work, Reed. Big really, fat lip in. I'm really excited about this one. This is a uh, this is a heated back wrap. You can sit in meetings. Nice. You know, if you're tired from uh, carrying the energy of practice or doing 40 up downs, maybe the back acts up a little bit. You can throw this bad boy on. So you got that coming to you, Dan. Some chamomile tea, which I'm told. Let's see what the fuck it does. It brings you down. It's not in a bad way, but it's, you know, it brings your heart to a good level. You don't want to bring level. Dan Campbell down. <laughs> brings your heart to a good level? You're trying to stop Dan Campbell's heart? It's after practice when he's, you he, know, when he's reviewing the game plan and trying to, you know, go back through what happened today. No, I hear you. Down below 100. Yeah, cherished since the days of the ancient Egyptians as an antidote to life's co complications like coaching the lions. Uh, chamomile is beloved today for its soothing aroma and subtle sweet apple flavor. Nice. Okay, that's great. Then we got some good wipes, which uh, I'm going to assume uh, you wipe your butt with, huh, Reed? Well, or your armpits or your neck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, use a clean one on your face. I think that's a important thing this is this, this is one that I said probably had to be in here, Reed. This is uh, poopery. Yeah, you put that in a toilet right before you drop your bomb, and uh, you can't smell the bomb. A couple sprays. Have you ever seen this, Bo? I've seen. You know who introduced me? That's Kelsey. Kelsey could use that. You know I, would, I would imagine. Your bathroom in the Eagles training room. Yeah. Who do you think, just by looking at him, takes the stinkiest shits on the Eagles? Oh, I know exactly who it is. <laughs> BG. <laughs> <laughs> no. He used to fucking destroy the meeting room, bro. Okay. <laughs> hey, and, and Deuce's rule was no farts in the meeting room. Oh, on hard no, and then we, It was a $500 fine. Yeah, it and, became uh, a fine. Really, yeah, because BG is so bad. Well, I, I, think, uh, I think it's Jordan Mailata. The guy's seven feet tall. I was going to say, like, Devontae Smith. Just like, oh, no. what, what's his diet look like? You know? I don't know. I don't know. But I think the food goes right through. So, yeah. uh, so anyways, Dan Campbell's got some uh, poopery coming his way, some chamomile tea, uh, another apple, an apple chai. That uh, one looks like a football. Oh, yeah. This is, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Look, All Reed right. found a football candle for Dan Campbell. Yeah, I like how thoughtful a lot of these gifts are. I think maybe we we struck out a little bit though. Like, can we get him some local honey? You know, uh, we did. We 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 did. hold up, Bo. Bo, look at oh! that. Oh, that you know why? I thought that was a candle. Nah, because you said get him some chamomile tea last week. I drink a lot of chamomile tea. I always put honey in my tea. So Cowboy Dan Campbell, throw is, some. Uh, I could honey use some fucking tea. chamomile tea, huh, Reed? That is thoughtful. And we got some lotion. I don't know what the lotion's about. Oh, I know said, what it's about. Yeah, we wanted some uh cracked some hands. Cracked hands. Yeah. Yeah. Dude's hands get cracked sometimes. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Just put it on your nightstand. Sometimes you your hands get cracked at night. Sometimes you've been <laughs> in camp a long time and your hands are cracked and you say, Where's my lotion? Yeah. You gotta have it right there within arm's reach, ready to go. So Dan Campbell, uh, we'll be sending that your way. Uh, Reed's just got to get about 100 more tins of Copenhagen. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, it, uh, hey, Dan Campbell, one thing that he – preseason's coming to an end here. Okay, so, like, starters and guys that play are about to get a bunch of snaps. Um, their, their season's kind of starting. And yeah. at the end of these games, they got to they gotta sit back and watch the Young Bucks play. And for Dan Campbell, that's like a non-negotiable. He needs you on the line, right? 
He needs you dialed in, watching, supporting. So, so now it's time. You know, like I wanted to, I want to get your appetites up to talk about some NFC football. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. That's right, $200, 200 big ones on a $50 bet. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. All right, we did the AFC. Now let's do the NFC. Guy who's played a bit in the NFC, Bo Allen, of course, with us. Uh, and... I think we could start with the Bucks and the NFC South. I'm going to try to stick to like 15 minutes of division here because we got rolling the other day, me and Kyle, and it's like when you study football for five hours on Sunday, you look up and the pod's two hours long, you say, I don't give a fuck, man. I'm going to get the information out that I mastered yesterday. I was watching preseason. I was reading. Like, I'm not doing that for nothing. We're going to talk about it. But put me on the clock, read 15 minutes, NFC South. We'll rifle through these deals. Bo, crazy offseason, the Brady absence. I actually almost wonder if, like, if I'm being really conspiratorial, if Bruce knew something about this kind of thing coming up in camp, and he was like, oh, this is the last straw. Fuck it. I can't deal with this. What do you think about... Fucking gone. Coach yeah. Bowles can deal with this. Yeah, exactly. Coach Bowles this is like... 45-year-old pain in my ass. <laughs> he's been waiting years to coach somebody besides the Jets, and he's like, all right, here you go. You get Brady... And Brady's going to be gone for half of camp, and then Jensen's going to get hurt, and Stinney's going to get hurt, and you get some some kind of like retreads at certain positions. So, like, what do you think about the Todd Bowles effect? What, what do you think he's going to do differently? Todd Bowles ends up with a pretty good team here in Tampa. Obviously, they're going to be, on paper, the best team in the NFC South. Um, you know, and I think the fact that he's been a coach before, whether even though it was with the Jets and they were really bad, uh, I think that's very important. But to have a, you know, a vet leader quarterback like that who's – you know, pretty good, uh, is very helpful as well. But like you said, uh, the offensive line is a bit of an issue and they're definitely missing, uh, Ali Marpet who retired this past off season. You mentioned Stinney. Uh, I know he's a guy that's from Virginia as well. And he, he went to me, he went to my high school. Yeah. He's a yeah. tough motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. So his dad was the, guy. his dad was the principal. He's six, eight. Wow. Could have whooped our asses if we even yeah. Kyle's ass probably. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you feel for a guy like that who, like, finally gets some time to shine and then yeah. goes down with injuries. So they got um, – who the fuck is their left guard right well, now? Well, that's the – that's uh, the we, we, Yeah, we know that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, like, right. it's not just Brady taking the break. It's Brady taking the break and coming back to, like, two new starters on the O-line. Right. And one, a new center. One, one, know, of, them, the, one the, of them being Jens, Jensen's gone and, like, half the battle with him – is climbing the pocket and like i heard kurt yeah. warner talk about this on nfl network i hadn't thought about it in these terms but you know like resetting the line of scrimmage in, in pass pro that's like what jensen does and you yep. lose that and you got the communication between the guard and the center that's all messed up and now brady and the, and the cadence is going to be weird for this this young kid so it's like a, a whole bunch of stuff compounding because of the break too 
Yeah, and I, I mean, a quarterback that gets the ball out fast like Brady can really help an offensive line, but the Bucks' run game is, like, not that good, honestly. Um, I mean, they have, you know, they have Lenny and, uh, you know, a rookie who's supposed to be pretty good and, and all that shit, but I think an O-line is a pretty big concern for them. It is, and and here's here's what we we will know pretty quickly if it's going to be the Achilles heel. I, I believe that. I, I You know, Brady and the Bucks have gotten better as time went on in past seasons, but you're kind of you there's nobody coming to the rescue up front and we yeah. know this is such an important piece for Brady the first month of the season you go at Dallas at New Orleans you get the Packers and the Chiefs at home so you got to deal with really loud places Dallas fans won't be right. out of it until week 5 uh New Orleans <laughs> they're going to be loud all the time right I mean, that might be the home opener. Uh, you've got Micah Parsons week one. You've got Cam Jordan and that front week two. You get the Packers. You get Kenny Clark, their young first-round draft pick, I believe. You get uh, you, you get their their edge guys. they got two pretty good outside linebackers. And then the Chiefs. Yeah, Chris, Gary. Yeah, Chris Jones denning the pocket. So, right. fuck, you're going to know pretty quick if this is going to be a problem for Brady. And you lose Gronk. So you lose a lot up front and you lose that safety blanket and i know like i kind of alluded to retreads and i don't mean that disrespectfully what i mean is guys who are older um julio jones has not been healthy uh lately is that going to change in tampa do you think todd bowles is going to throw these guys bones like kyle rudolph is older he's no. he's not gronk i mean he's a, well, he's a real good player but he's not gronk is he going to be able to rest these guys and kind of chris godwin's coming off an acl yeah. what do you think about bowles being a hard ass and practicing these guys nonstop? or is he going to be kind of chill about uh you know load management i think he's going to be more of a load management type guy especially with you know you see quarterback headed off to the Bahamas for a week or two during the middle of camp. I, don't, um, I think that was out of they, his hands, Bo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you talk about, uh, I mean, the Bucks have so many weapons, so many offensive weapons still. Like Mike Evans, he's had like a thousand yards every season for like eight or nine years. Like right. that's incredible. And then uh, got to give a shout out to my boy Cam Bray. Like he's a very competent red zone uh, tight end. He's, I mean, maybe not the blocker that Gronk was, but uh, you know, he can be a good safety blanket for Tom too. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I really, I love Chris Godwin. He's probably one of my favorite guys I play with because he's a tough motherfucker. And I know that he's going to try to be out there early. And I just hope that he can play really well early because he's one of those guys, like early in the season is what I mean. He's one of those guys that's going to want to play no matter what, even though he's really, really pushing the timeline of that uh, injury that he had. So, I mean, I really hope that he plays really well. But those things are hard, man. It's tough to come back from. So, And the rookie's not insignificant, Bo. The, the third down back, oh, you know, like yeah, you I, mentioned that back like, and yeah. we had texted earlier about this. You were like, man, I hear he looks good down there. Brady yeah. has missed at times having a James White who just retired. Right. Uh, and this yeah. is like kind of hopefully the answer for him. Yeah. And Giovanni Bernard is a really capable vet back who like does shit the right way, too. But I mm -hmm. think I mean, I was talking with someone recently who said they'd see, you know, the rookie white taking a lot of reps from Lenny down the stretch, maybe. And. We'll see. I mean, I think they're going to be good. I, if they can, what you said, like Tom is definitely the kind of quarterback that doesn't like pressure up in his face in the pocket. Cause I mean, he's fucking 45 years old. Like you see him scrambling and shit late in the season. That's just cause guys are undisciplined with their rush lanes. But if you get like a big fucking nose guard and knock those dudes back and get pressure in his face, like he's not going to be comfortable. And, and there's no, they probably don't see that. They, they won't see that more than they do in practice with Vita and fucking uh, Akeem Hicks and, you know, the Bucks and, have yeah. a pretty good defense too. I mean, and their D-line I think is going to be a little bit of a problem. When you, like, 
you think of dudes that are like big and freakish, like Vita Hicks, like that's going to be like, I'm sure those alignment are getting fucking work. In so, so Brady's one with less offensively. This mm-hmm. defense is pretty good. This defense has been a big, yeah. big part of them winning a championship, getting to Mahomes, and I know their O-line was all banged up and all that, but like you said it, Hicks is there. He's a big swing guy for them because replacing Sue is a big deal. I think yeah. when, I, when I saw Sue get there and when he was in Miami, some people were like, he's out of gas, he's, he's taking plays off, like whatever. Like when he got to the Bucks, he was a fucking tone setter for them. And yes. I, I just saw you need a guy like that that's like on our, uh, on our Philly team, on three, who was it up front? One, uh, two, sure. three. Timmy Jernigan. Yeah. 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 Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Okay. We had a yeah, t- but no. We- Sue plays so he plays so many snaps. That's one thing yeah. that's really impressive. You talk about retreads. Like, if you look it up, like Sue probably played like ninety to ninety-five percent of defensive snaps last year and the year before for the Bucks. So like yeah. that is a lot for a place. And I do think at times, you know, I love fucking, I love Vita. Like I love that guy. Yeah. But he can't play sixty snaps a game. Yep. You know, so hopefully they can get a, a big rotation um, on D-line. But, like, they got some nice edge rushers, too. Uh, Anthony Nelson is a young guy from Iowa who's had a really good preseason. I like him. Yeah, they signed Carl Nassib back. Yep, uh, our guy. And then uh, Tryon, yeah. the, the second-year kid yeah. who's got a lot of a lot of gifts, man. They really like yep. him down, down there. So, you know, like, Brady's one with less. I think the big question is, like, how are they going to be to start the season? Because they got to get, get out of the gates hot. I don't think they want to be in a game against the Saints late in the season to decide the division. The Saints can challenge them in the division. I believe that. I took the under on um, um, on the Bucks uh, win total, uh, and I took the over on the Saints win total. I, I believe they can challenge for a few reasons. Number one, they've always played the Bucks tough. A couple a couple years ago, I think, or maybe it was last year. The years are running together, Bo. Well, they beat him twice, and one of the games I put like a, a you know like a, a lightly used Dodge Durango on um, on, on the uh, on the on the Bucks money line I was chasing, and you know you, the whole don't bet against Tom Brady thing. That's only true when they're not playing the Saints, and the Saints just have their number defensively, so they played them tough. They play them kind of like the Vikings play the the Packers. You know, the Packers own that division and have owned that division, but the Vikings always scrap it out with them and match up really tough. Also for the Saints, uh, there's two sub-500 teams in the division, probably, maybe. Maybe Carolina's better than we think, but, like, this is a good place to be for a team with a new head coach, a quote-unquote new head coach. Also, they were the most injured team last year, 58 starters lost and four starting quarterbacks. And one thing I want to note about the Bucs, too, um, they won all their close games last year and they had a plus 15 tur- turnover differential. Yeah. So like things were, things, things were working well for these guys. And on the other end of things, the saints had a bunch of injuries. Uh, I know all teams have injuries, but 58 starters, that's a lot of games lost, uh, to injury and, and the vibes are good. That's what I hear down there. Like if you think about Sean Payton, Sean Payton was this, like he was a genius and he was a hard ass. And Dennis Allen has learned from Sean Payton. I'm sure he's shadowed him. I'm sure the OC Carmichael has learned from Sean Payton. Carmichael has called plays for the Saints. In 2011, he had to step in in a Sean Payton injury situation, as fucking weird as that is, and they scored 62 points. Okay, if that's not enough to believe in in, uh, in the OC, he actually, the year that Payton was suspended, uh, they they. I don't want to say they didn't miss a beat, but they were up there, top of the league. So the coaching staff, like the vibe that Dennis Allen 
uh, is going to be able to curate knowing what Sean did and maybe what he didn't do so well. Like, it's like learning from your parents, man. Like, uh, I love my parents, but maybe I'll do things a little bit different. And I think Dennis Allen might do things a little bit different and be able to build on what Sean did. I think the vibes are great. I think the defense carries this team. Honey Badger, May, two really good arrivals in the secondary. You got Lattimore. DeMario's an old school guy, right? Yeah. Uh, and I like the front, man. I even, you know, I, I like I like the way they, they get after it. And Cam Jordan yeah. is a hell of a tone setter. Right. So I'm not worried about the coaching change as much as everybody else. Um, I think it just comes down to Jameis. And you played with Jameis. Yeah, and I love Jameis. Like, Jameis, for all the shit he gets for his workouts and you know, some of the, you know, quotes he says and stuff like that, like that motherfucker is in the building every day working his ass off. And I promise you, like that stuff does not go notice to your teammates. Uh, you know, he's obviously got a little banged up last year. I think he's dealing with a little bit of a foot injury. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I play with Jameis, uh, you know, at times you don't know what exactly you're going to get from him, but you know that he's going to work his ass off. And one thing, you know, just because I was in that division and I played that guy, I think the Saints O-line is going to be pretty good. Like, they got a really good young center, uh, McCoy, who's really mobile and he's pretty big, too. And then they got, a like, a little bit of a thumper, their first-round pick, uh, Ruiz. And then Ramchek is a Wisconsin guy who's been very consistent over his career. I think the only question mark is that left tackle, uh, their rookie. Penning, just kind of, Penning. Yeah, Penning. From what I've seen, like, he's a win big, lose big type guy so far in his career. Like, I yeah. think he's really trying to fucking – chase guys around and you know finish guys which is good but like at some sometimes when you try too hard like that you get beat clean um but i really think dennis allen's a good coach man i like that defense it's kind of an interesting comparison to make with you know bruce arians and todd bowles um you know ba handing it off to bowles yeah. and handing it off to uh Dennis Allen. So, I mean, I like, I think the Saints are good and I think that's a fun place to play. I think I'll be a, you know, kind of the most exciting NFC South division matchup is the Saints and the Bucks, but I don't know if that's, that's not a very hot take. No, but know? but it's true. I mean, like this is going to be one to watch more than people think. And you talked about the O-line. Uh, Pete is a big swing guy for them. He's missed 20 games yeah. over the last three years. If he can stay healthy, you know, uh, and, and Penning comes along, obviously Armstead was a tough thing to replace. Uh, yeah. but in, in pass pro, especially, but you know, if they want a little edge there, uh, Penning, Penning's the guy and, and most common offensive line combination last year only played 16% of the snap. So again, another, another sign that, that, you know, the best is yet to come from this team and that they took some yeah. licks last year. Now the big question mark is Alvin Kamara's, uh, you know, case. Um, you know, like what's going on with that read? Because that kind of got overshadowed by all the Deshaun Watson stuff. And now that's going to be very, very relevant. That's right. And uh, Adam Schefter reported that he might not miss any time Got this it. year. So he might be on the field for the entire season. A suspension might push to 2023 if suspended at all. Got it. Okay. Well, the Panthers and the Falcons, I'll just hit them real quick here because we're, we're just over time in the NFC South. What a division. I mean, that just yeah. flew by, guys. Did it fly, did it fly by for you at home? Uh, like Tom Brady's career. All right, which Baker Mayfield are we going to get? That's the whole question. And I'm I'm optimistic about about this. I think sometimes when a player's uh, not only hurt like he was last year, and I don't like to make excuses for people. Everybody's hurt and that sort of thing. And you take I've talked about this a lot. You take the risk playing hurt of people judging you uh, out of context, and that's what happened. And I think the Odell thing. I think it was in his head a little bit. I do. You know, I I don't think that you can tell me that wasn't an issue 
I mean, like, it was an issue for him mentally. You could tell. And I could imagine for a quarterback, like, he's like a member of the Beatles. It's Odell Beckham. He's like one of the most famous football players on the planet. And you got to feed him the ball. And if it's not working, the stress can compound. So I think there's a lot of, hey, clean slate kind of vibes for Baker Mayfield. You know, like, small market. He, he, he didn't go to some big market. This is actually a perfect landing spot for him. He's got weapons. Uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Ian Thomas, this tight end, who I think will have a pretty good year. Ben McAdoo was high on him. He got a new new deal, I think. Christian McCaffrey's health is a big swing thing for them. Uh, Foreman, yeah. the guy that they got from Tennessee, has to pan out as a guy they can rely on to spell Christian McCaffrey. You remember, Bo, when New England played Tennessee last year and Tennessee just gashed and one of those no-name yeah. running backs running around was Foreman, and I think that uh, he'll really help them. A question for me is uh, Iquanu. I mean, like every tackle has a has a, a, a hell of a learning curve, but this kid, I think, is going to have one. I don't want to go too hard on him because it, I've only seen a preseason game or two, and I said some shit about Evan Neal last week, and you'd have thought I kicked uh, a bunch of Giants fans' babies. Um, so I, I won't go too hard on Iki Iquanu, but him and Austin Corbett have to have good years. Uh, the yeah. defense is solid. They lost Reddick. They lost Gilmore, but they got Derek Brown, uh, who can make a jump this year. They added Ionitis. You can you can appreciate the addition yeah. of a guy like Ionitis. Like yep. He's really good in uh, Washington. J.C. Horn's healthy, and then Brian Burns. If it's not for playing in Carolina, he's just a he's a he's he's, he's a, a household name. I mean, like. Yeah. He's that good. He's must-see TV. So I look forward to seeing that defense. And lastly, with the Falcons, man, <laughs> I think the shame of it is uh, we're going to have to – like not a lot of people are going to see Kyle Pitts play live this year. Yeah. Okay, he's worth the price of admission. I hate the fact that my guy Bryce Hall got, you know, ended up uh, catching a stray the other day. He was the guy backpedaling like, uh, like 100 miles an hour the other night. And uh, Kyle so Pitts bad. called it sc scared pedaling. Um, so tap. And with the, his length and his speed and like to move a guy around like that is pretty incredible. It's, I mean, I think we're all expecting pretty big things from here from him this year for uh, the right reason, man. That's one of those guys that you see on paper and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, oh, fuck is right. And yeah, he's a tight end, but you can split him out wherever you want. And the, the interesting thing is going to be Ritter and Mariota. Mariota quietly has a chance to put together a decent year of football. I think for him, it's probably important. Uh, he's had a break since, you know, Tennessee being the starter and I'm sure he wants to go back out there and, and kind of like, he wants to be at peace, I'm sure with his career. And here's an opportunity for him. You're not guaranteed another shot to start in the NFL. Like I'm rooting for Marcus Mariota, if not for the yeah. fact that I, I put a scooter on the Falcons win under win total. Uh, I don't want to see much of Ritter unless he's bad. If, if, if Ritter's bad, I want to see him. If he's good, I think Mariota and Smith. The Arthur Smith Mariota connection. Uh, I hope they, they ride that thing out the whole season. Uh, but a total team player, Marcus Mariota. He's a guy you want in a crisis situation like this. I remember in Tennessee, he got his job taken, and then they run packages for him, and he'd come in there, and his, his, his teammates were still dapping him up, hyping him up. He was he looked yeah. like he was buying into the, the, you know, the program. And so I really uh, am pulling for Marcus Mariota on the low. Okay, that's the NFC South. Let's do the NFC, shall we, Bo? Like, I feel like for the first time in a while, this is Philly's division to win. I don't even think it was our division. A nice shirt. He's got the home dogs t-shirt. Home dogs. Who's this gonna ugly eat. fuck right here? 
It's me. You mad you didn't get on that? You had a. It was the, how terrifying your dog mask was. My the reason. brutal mask looked like the shit from nightmares, brother. Like, we can't commercialize that. It's scary. <laughs> not at all, dude. Uh, uh, not at all. I talked to Ken Golden. He's uh, we're, we did a podcast with him yesterday. That's going to air in the in the near oh, future. Nice. He's a uh, he's a uh, big time card trading guy. Yeah, yeah you know you, you know oh, yeah. the, he's he's the the god uh, in in that uh, weight class. But this guy said we could sell the uh, dog mask like an OG dog mask. I think what did he say it would be worth, Matt? Well, he said if you had sold it right after the Super Bowl at the apex you could get like 25k but now maybe oh hey i got hold on we don't want to bear down in my basement i put it on sometimes buffalo bill style well we we don't yeah yeah it puts the lotion in the basket uh uh, is that what you say to your family would you fuck me (laughs) no you don't say (laughs) yeah tuck it back a little bit yeah well no i the uh the thing about the dog mask is uh i have totally you know, um, torpedoed the value of that thing evidently by being a podcaster for a couple of years because he said it went down to like five grand. But Ooh. part of that is timing, though. And I heard the hard truth from Ken Golden, which tells you yeah. everything you need to know. Okay, so Philly, I think this is their division to win, man. Uh, and I think, yeah, I don't even think you could say that when we won the Super Bowl. They have an easy schedule. No. Dallas is wounded. Um, there was a stretch, and you remember this stretch. It, it was before I got there and, and probably went a little after guys like me left. But, like, the Eagles could not beat the Cowboys in the regular season at full strength. Like, we never right. beat Zeke. I don't think I ever beat Zeke while we were there. We, we beat, yeah. um, you know, the uh, Albert Morris uh, Cowboys. Uh, so the Marco they, Murray Cowboys. Yeah, they had our number, uh, yeah. and they had the, the the Eagles number, and he's on the decline, and he's kind of a metaphor for kind of the state of that team. Um, and I'm a Zeke fan, and all that. I just know that you know his right. plays on the decline a little bit. Well, I think when you think of you know Zeke and his listen, I'm not one to ever say a player's past his prime, but he's not playing as well as he has in the past. And, right. Uh, when you think of those years when he was really dominating. I think. What comes to mind is the O line that they had with you know Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, and who are those like Tyron Smith, who's a guy yep. that just unfortunately got injured yesterday, and that guy's a freak. I yep. mean, that's a dude that's a cornerstone of their team, really. And so for him to go down is a little bit of a problem. Basically, what I'm saying is they don't have the O line that they used to have, and I think Zeke's performance lately has been a part of that. Um, but I think you know when I think of the NFC East, uh, not to like oversimplify things, but I'm kind of just thinking of. How is Hurts going to play this year? How is Dak going to play? And not to, I mean, I, like I said, that's a gross oversimplification, but in my mind, that's a little bit what it comes down to. Um, and Dak played really, really well at times. And, you know, I think Hurts has got a little bit of room to grow, but I'm hearing a lot of good things from camp about him. So I'm, I'm hoping that he gets there. I think everyone knows that we're a little bit of uh, Eagles homers on this pod, Chris. Yes, so this is like a pseudo Eagles pod. <laughs> and, you know, like, I. I'm pulling for this guy, man. He's got all the leadership abilities. He he has the love of his teammates. He he you know, he he says all the right things. He carries himself well. He's exciting to watch. Um but he makes some mistakes where you're like, dude, you know, it's like you yeah. blanked for a second. He'll be right. he'll be fine if he eliminates the bad throws. I mean, like that sounds oversimplified, but take the profit, make plays when you can. Um Burn the ball when you have to. You burn it. Live to see another down. You know, I've seen him roll out and just, instead of just burning the ball, throw it into traffic. Now, like, listen, the last quarterback did that in Philly. This guy does it way less, okay? 
Um, but if you talk about Nick Foles, yeah, not not Nick Foles. Nick Foles <laughs> knew how to burn the ball. But the thing about him that I'm optimistic a little bit. I don't want to say optimistic because people say that I think he's going to be gangbusters this year, but. He's got his his first two year stretch with the same coordinator since high school, so yeah. I, I'm very cognizant of that. You know, his rookie year was kind of a wash. Um, you know, you had the Carson situation, you had COVID, all this stuff. Like, right. this guy's going to get his feet under him. He'll be better this year. But the question is going to be: when you play in Philly, is it enough? You know, Howie is always up to something. So even if yeah. you play well, like how far does this kid have to, to take this team, this really loaded roster, to yeah. guarantee a seat at the table next year with all these guys in the draft and everything? And that's going to be the question. You know, you're right. Yeah. It does come down to Jalen Hurts. And if we're just speaking a little bit uh, on the roster in Philly, like it's a good it's a good team, especially like there's a lot of good offensive weapons. There's some good young weapons with Goddard, Smith. And I think like the O line is going to be good. Our boy Lane, who I'm also rocking on the shirt. Yep. Uh, Kelsey, Kelsey was gassing up Landon Dickerson and me recently, and I was talking to him. Yeah, I Facetimed those guys last night. They were walking around. It was Kelsey and Lane. You know, when you Facetime Lane, I'm always excited. But then when he picks up and it's him and Kelsey, I'm like, everybody I needed to see right here. And they're walking <laughs> yeah. around aimlessly in the Miami uh, Hilton or wherever they are by the pool. And uh, I'm asking them how practice is. And one of the first things they said was, "Man, when that motherfucker Landon Dickerson pulls, he puts all boy. his body into people, bro. Like he yeah. is just." They said we would love him. Uh, you know, obviously that O line's been a strength of that team. Then you right. add AJ Brown, Goddard central right. now. Like there's no Zach Ertz to split, you know, um, touches with. Like he's the guy, and I love Dallas Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard's going to be, a, a, you know, um, a household name this year. Smith in year two. Um, and then Jurgens gets to develop behind Kelsey. Like, how yeah. lucky is that guy? You're not only yeah. developing behind a great center, but he's one that you can learn from because he yeah. he's kind of similar. I saw him stroke some like safety or linebacker on a pin pull this week, which was fun to see. But like, it's it's almost like a little bit of a a center version of a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers type thing. To grow in our guy like Kelsey is the best. And I mean, we haven't even really mentioned the Eagles defense at all. Um, and we can get into that. But I no, think, yeah, I'm really hoping that they play well. I mean, the first guy that comes to mind for me is BG. I want him to fucking ball this year, uh, just because he's the best guy ever. But uh, Flash Hargrave had a great great year last year uh was rushing really well was doing well then they got the big rookie nose guard davis so i've heard good things about it i think he's got to come along a little bit and just kind of like get up to speed but uh obviously he's a freak talent freak athletically so he's gonna be you know hopefully fucking good but we'll see i think he's got a little bit of ways to grow um well he's learning from fletcher he's learning from fletcher and hargrave so it's again like you're not only drafting spots you need like D line right. depth is important. That was a, a big key to us winning the Super Bowl was having like a bunch of guys. They have right. that, and the guy they draft gets to learn from somebody that he can learn a lot from, like Fletch or like Hargrave. And and the same thing with Jurgens on the other side of the ball. So like not only are you investing in the right players in the right places, but you're also investing in them in in places that they're gonna learn from older yeah. players. And a guy we didn't mention before we talk about the defense is Miles Sanders. I, he's yeah. a big swing guy for me. I love Miles Sanders. He's got to have a big year. Like it's it's yeah. time to, you know, be, be Miles Sanders cuz it's in there, dude. Um, yeah. they knew he I knew he was going to be special when he fumbled a lot early in his rookie season and Doug kept putting him back out yeah. there. You know, like yeah. that's a kid who's got some juice. Let's see it. Uh, and on the defense, you just said it. Like they're going to be good. They got two good corners. 
uh, Bradbury Slay invested yep. in linebackers, which we never did in yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah, real quick on that. Yeah, uh, TJ Edwards is a fucking baller, just a football yeah. player. He's a Wisconsin guy. Uh, I missed him, but you know, I've uh, been around him a little bit. And he's just one of those guys where he's just a fucking football player, middle linebacker. That's it. Like really instinctual. One, you know, he's a good player. Like you know, on paper not as good as he is in reality, like on tape, which I think I kind of love that. So Wisconsin cool. guy through and through. Yeah. Yep. And and they have, uh, they have white as well, who, who came over from LA and, and that, mm-hmm. that move in and of itself said, we're serious about addressing the linebacker room and they draft, uh, Nicobe Dean who, you know, things have been positive on him. I think like it takes some catching up, but things have been positive. Um, the, the interesting question to me is going to be with all that depth, well, there's two questions. Number one, are they adding like Eddie Jackson because safety's been a concern? So keep an eye on that. Like, because Howie will make a move, right? So yeah. look, look for an Eddie Jackson or somebody to enter the building sometime soon, hopefully. Uh, and then who do we like on third down? Because we know these these D linemen as well as anybody. You've got Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Hassan yeah. Reddick, who we didn't play with. You have Hargrave. Right. You have Fletcher Cox. Uh, I might be forgetting some other guys. There's going to be an odd man out on third down. So who do you like yeah. trotting out there? I think you just got to ride the hot hand, man. Yeah. You got to see. I mean, first of all, BG, you have to put him out there. Uh, but I think whoever is rushing well, like I know, you know, <laughs> it's interesting because you can have a lot of deadly combinations. So I think you just kind of figure out who's rushing well, who's yeah. working well together, whose rushes complement each other. And, you know, we'll see if they rush more or blitz more on third down. But if it was, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to rush. So just ride the hot hand. Who's so I'd, I'd like, I'd, I'd like, I agree with you. And that's unsettling for a rusher to hear. Like we're going to ride the hot hand because like the way you get hot is consistency. Right. So that's tough, yeah. but I agree. There's enough guys and there's enough mouths to feed that you got to kind of like, spell it and for bg who looks really healthy relative to just tearing his achilles i put some film up the other day of him just denting conklin in the jets game Uh, i don't know why you would try to block him with a split like that go to my instagram if you want to see how to set an edge uh but like brandon graham denting the pocket because he's a real team rusher like he knows how to rush like he, he he can rush with speed from a three technique like if you move him inside and and say josh sweats outside who josh sweat like burns the edge and bg yeah. would be a really good pocket pusher to change that drop target and then on the other side if you had like fletch who's just like even at his older age he's a million miles an hour vertical and, no. and then you because i used to love playing off fletch where you could you could naturally natural te under him and hassan reddick will make money doing that so whatever they do out there it's exciting some five down looks play some man behind and then you can get you know just pure five oh from the o-line and go to town on a bunch of games but who the fuck knows i mean we'll see what they end up doing and on the other side we talked about dallas here's why they're wounded man and first off like take the if you want to take the temperature of how things are going on these two franchises look at the coaches you know when they hired nick sirianni and he was shaky at the podium who would have thought a year later, like he'd be yelling at the Jets in preseason, and fans would be memeing him because they fucking love him so much. They're throwing flowers at him as he as he leaves the stadium against Washington late last year. McCarthy's under maximum pressure, man. Not only is it Jerry World, uh, but you've got two legitimate head coaches under you. One has been a head coach in the Super Bowl, and Dan Quinn, uh, and then the other one's this this boy genius uh, offensive coordinator who's probably going to get a look at head coach soon. And if you're not playing well week seven, everybody's going to be looking at Mike McCarthy. This is the year, right? And so for so many reasons, and not to mention Sean Payton's lurking in the booth. So like, 
<laughs> this motherfucker, he walks, <laughs> Mike McCarthy's walking out of a loss like, you know, uh, is that Dan Quinn talking to Jerry over there? Like on the way to the bus, like what are they talking about? Like he's just butting into conversations, just making sure he's not, he's not being cucked. But like that's the kind of thing that that McCarthy's got to worry about this year, and and that he's under maximum pressure. You're always under pressure in Philly, but people really like Sirianni. And then Dallas's two strengths just turned into kind of like question marks. You you hit on it. They lose Leal Collins, who I think is a great great tone Good setter. Yeah. And then Steele yeah. is a question mark to me. He replaces him. Outside of Zach Martin, there are a lot of question marks now. Tyron Smith went down today as we speak. You mentioned that. Um, and I think they lost a swing guy earlier in the in the offseason. Yeah. So they got a young center, Tyler Biotis. She's a Wisconsin guy, and you know I fucking love Wisconsin guys, but um, I think he's got a little bit of ways to go. So I mean, we'll see, man. I think, but I do think that they have a good coaching staff. I mean, like you mentioned, they have a very well-rounded staff. So a lot of times, a staff like that can hide problems. Um, not necessarily in the O line when it's you know third and six, and you right. got to have it, but. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I do think that they'll have some matchup problems up front, especially within the division, but who the fuck knows? And then Dak's got to have people to throw to. That's like, the, like I said, O-line, you could always hang your hat on and that they had like a, an embarrassment of riches outside and they let Cooper and Wilson walk, you know, Gallup's coming off an ACL and then James Washington showed up. I was talking about how big he needed to be early in the year and he gets hurt. So they're going to rely heavily on Jalen Tolbert and CD Lamb. I mean, CeeDee Lamb's yeah. been really good. He's got to carry a heavy load. And I guess the question for me on defense is, I, I don't know if they're a dominant defense. Let's find out. I know they got maybe the best player in the division. I don't know. Is there a better player in the division than Micah Parsons at any position? I don't know. That fucker is fun to watch, man. And to have a guy come in like that, so smooth, so bendy, and then also to kind of play all over, um, that's hard. I don't think people understand that because, like, rookies – a lot of times, you know, when you're a rookie, you'll play a very specific role to get comfortable in it. And then later in the year, you know, you'll expand that role. But he was all over the place from the get-go. And I think that's really commendable to just show how comfortable he is to play in a variety of different roles, do a bunch of different things. That guy's fucking good. He's fun to watch. He's amazing, man. And I would rush him as much as humanly possible. The other guys on that line have to have a big year. You know, Demarcus Lawrence has to have a big year. You know, like yeah. it's been a couple years since we really felt his presence and He's a player, so have a big year. Um, and then Washington and, and the Giants, man, like they're just kind of floating around. Like, I don't know. Washington, why Carson Wentz? Like, I, I, I feel like this team needs a lot of – the word on the street was they needed a bunch of leadership. Uh, and Ron Rivera and them go out and get Carson. Uh, I think this is his last chance. I'm pulling for him, man, big time. Because, you know, we know Carson. Uh, I think he's taking a lot of heat. But – some of it's been deserved. Yeah. Some of it's been a little bit unfair. So I'll be interested to watch, um, you know, Carson return to the link, kind of see that, like see the reception that he gets. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you're, it sounds like you're about to talk about the Washington defense and they have a good defensive line. Allen Payne, uh, you know, Chase Young, who banged up a little bit, but uh, I do want to steal that thunder from you. So go ahead. No, he's going to miss a, a month. So it's like, you know, it's a, it's a really good D line. Um, uh, you know, he's out for a little bit. I got some questions offensively. Like, there's a couple guys that are supposed to be really good, and I think they are, but they haven't really played up to their potential. Antonio Gibson's been kind of challenged. Uh, I think mm -hmm. he's real good. Uh, he's got to be more aggressive. He's got to hold on to the football. And then Samuel, who missed a lot of time last year. Like, I'm just not buying, man. Like, I was really high on him in, in Carolina, and I don't know. So, you know, not to, to kind of curtail the review of Washington, but we're 
we're at our time and new york oh man here's the statistic that that kills a giants fan so, brian shout out to b nelly who was on the on the zoom earlier uh brian is lifelong giants fan uh and he was like we're like notre dame now where it's all it's all legacy and it's 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 you know and i would disagree with that brian because notre dame's still winning games you know and and i'm looking at the 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 giants here and they haven't been above 500 in five years that's fucking incredible man so danny dimes hasn't looked great um i, I i'm looking for Kadarius tony to step up there's a lot of tantalizing skills there uh, but he hasn't been able to put it together and he hasn't seemed happy. And Saquon, is he going to revive his career? I'd love to see him do that. He's got the right kind of coach. Yeah. 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 I think we're all kind of rooting for him. Andrew Thomas is going to be a big, is going to be a big deal for them. Not just because, um, you know, he, he's a starting tackle in the NFL and he's a high draft pick for them and he's improved. He really has. It's just, it's for that reason. We talked about Evan Neal and the struggles he may or may not have. Uh, Andrew Thomas went through that. He can coach him up. It's nice to have a guy who's a couple years ahead of you and has gone through what you've gone through. So he's he's got to be a player and a coach to that kid. Um, and then on defense, Wink Martindale's got some fun pieces to work with. Interestingly enough, when you play in a Wink Martindale defense, you don't you don't put up a lot of numbers as a rusher because, or at least lately, because the the ball is spread around so much. And you know, as rushers, we love one on ones. We love to run hot or heat, you know, four man rush, not a bunch of exotic pressures. Cause then we get a cross guards faces and, you know, run right into slide or drop out. Yeah. And Aziz Ojolari, who's exciting, uh, Thibodeau, who's going to have a lot of pressure on him, especially starting late after that hit the other day, yeah. um, which was a perfectly legal block. We hit that the other day. We don't need to beat that into the ground, but like, um, yeah. those two guys are going to have to justify all that, that, you know, that, that intrigue, and uh, it might be tough in Wink's defense, but one thing he's going to do is Xavier McKinney's going to have a year because the safeties that Wink's coached in the past, Chuck Clark, Weddle, Earl Thomas, Tony Jefferson, guys like that have flourished. That's so, a great point. Yeah, we'll see. Guys, dudes, we all know that sometimes it's hard to figure out what we wear each day, but for me, that was until I heard of Cuts. Cuts clothing has perfected the art and science of men's shirts so you can throw one on and look great without ever thinking twice about it. Plus, Cuts has all the essentials for looking sharp, like tees, hoodies, polos, and more, so you can look as sharp as your favorite athlete on game day. There are countless athletes who wear Cuts, including myself and some of my favorite fellow athletes like Rob Gronkowski, Damian Lillard, and even baseball legend Mariano Rivera. I wear my tailored shirt in particular around the office because you know it's casual, but it's also fitted, it looks good, it looks professional. I can kind of, I can slide into a business meeting, but I'm also comfortable. I can do my job in comfort, but I can wheel and deal in the office when we have business folks in. Cuts has totally revolutionized the traditional outdated t-shirt category. They make it easy to mix and match styles and colors so you can find the perfect style. Long sleeve Henley, no problem. Short sleeve crew neck, they've got it. These are some of the best quality t-shirts you'll own. They're engineered to last and won't fall apart after a few washes. These aren't fast fashion shirts. These are cuts. For the next three days only, they're having their biggest sale ever. If you go to cutsclothing.com slash greenlight, you can get 25 to 50% off on the entire site. That's cutsclothing.com slash greenlight for 25 to 50% off the only shirt worth wearing. 
And if you're hearing this after, you can still get 15% off your first order. That's cutsclothing.com slash greenlight. So maybe the best division in the NFC, NFC West, I don't know. Yeah, you can make that argument. You could. I mean, the only the only other division is if Dallas is good, I get. Uh, I think it's the NFC West. I think you're right. Yeah, it's the NFC. I mean, West. Now, when you look at it like that, yeah. I mean, returning Super Bowl champs. Yeah, returning Super Bowl champs, champs, and that's a big deal. We went through. Well, I went through that in Philly, where it's like, it's tough, and we talked about it at length on this podcast. I mean, it's tough in Philly for a lot of reasons, but it's tough in LA, dude. Like, it's a it's a big city down there. There's a lot of distractions there's a lot of people telling you how awesome you are and uh, right. I, I think one key acquisition they made this offseason is Bobby Wagner I've said this before um, yeah. you know don't let the contract fool you I know it's not like astronomical uh, he's not playing a premium position and uh, the contract doesn't reflect his value and his value is not only on the field it's also in the locker room and you know I think that's cliche sometimes but think about where he's been they won a Super Bowl in Seattle. They had to defend it. And I thought they did a masterful job of defending that championship. They ended up back in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And I mean, not only did they beat the Broncos, sorry, Reed, they beat the dog shit out of the Broncos. Like this, this team was so good. They could have got so fat and happy, but they had the leadership uh, to get right back where they were. And it wasn't their fault that they threw the ball on the goal line. That defense defended that championship, and Bobby Wagner knows how to do that. So Bobby Wagner being uh, being there is a big deal. But you know, sticking to the defense for a second, replacing Von Miller's tough dude. When he left, yeah. it was like it was hard on McVay and hard on Les. Like you could tell they were dejected. Reed, like it was. McVay said uh, that he's a great dude. I was impressed with what a great teammate he was. He's one of those guys that treats everybody well. Uh, and I think that the street cred Miller had with the players in our locker room, having won a Super Bowl MVP, having been through that journey, he really pushed our guys to elevate their game. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to what you're saying about Bobby Wagner. But I think that the Rams defense has a lot of really good pieces. Probably, in my opinion, the most dominant player in the NFL right now. And I'm talking about Greg Gaines, just joking. <laughs> yeah, friend of the program. Yeah, but Greg Gaines is a fucking really underappreciated part of that defense, um, too, of course. And But Aaron Donald's a fucking monster. Everybody knows that. Uh, and then Jalen Ramsey, too. So when they have, you know, players at each level on defense like that, you know. All Donald, three. All three levels, yeah, yeah now. Right, I mean, exactly. That's, that's a big deal. Uh, and a lot of parts that you can move around, too. Like, you can move Aaron Donald around all over and find a weakness on the offensive line. You can move Jalen Ramsey around a lot yeah. and figure out who he's going to cover and stuff like that. So that's big. I mean, yeah, Von Miller is is a tough departure for them, but I think they replaced his leadership well with Bobby Wagner, and then I think they have some really nice pieces on defense, and they're really well coached too. Yeah, um, which goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, uh, you wondered how Staley would his departure would affect them. It 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 did, and it didn't. I mean, like they were they were right. really good last year. So Raheem Morris deserves a lot of credit, and I think he'll get creative this year. Like, okay, we can't replace Vaughn. The numbers probably say that. They were way different at the end of the year last year when they needed rushes. Um, oftentimes, he, you know, not just him winning and, and getting the sack, but him creating a bunch of pressure for other guys. I mean, like, they might run more three-man concepts with AD outside. AD can rush outside. Yeah. You know, if you've seen Aaron Donald rush outside, it's scary. I always tell the story about when I was in St. Louis, 
and I had like a tight hip flexor and I went to the sideline in one of our big like inner squad scrimmages his rookie year and had to take a break. They needed a net and they were like, Donald, get out there. And I watched him rush and I, I fucking loosened up real fast now. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. like Aaron Donald can really rush outside. We'll see if they move him around. And like you said, Ramsey erases people, but one loss that could be big is Darius Williams. Like uh, it's going to be Troy Hill, David Long. I know they drafted Dakobe Durant, who's like a young kid. Uh, but Darius Williams had some really high highs as a Ram. Um, and we'll see with this Durant kid. Les is drafted. Who He's drafted some corners along the way here. How's he done? He, he's done well. He's drafted the entire or three-fourths of the starting secondary yep. in uh, Jordan Fuller, David Long, and Nick Scott. Um, all his guys that he drafted this year, or uh, 2021, Robert Rochelle and Terrell Burris are still on Burgess are still on the uh, roster. John Johnson, he drafted him, and he's the starter in uh, Cleveland. LaMarcus Joyner, EJ Gaines. And Jenks. Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins. Tremaine Johnson's. So, and True was a, you know, like Tremaine Johnson had all the tools and was and got a big second contract in the NFL. So, like, Les has done a good job. I'll be interested to see, you know, what this, uh, what this kid uh, from South Carolina State's all about. They lost Johnny Hecker. That's a big part of your defense, right? Like that's yeah. a big part of your offense and your defense. That guy was a weapon. Um, and offensively, there are a lot of changes. And honestly, offense is what, what worries me about the Rams and offense is what makes me believe the Niners probably win that division. What are the odds on the Niners winning that division on win bet, Matt? While I pick, while I pull those up, are you guys worried at all about Stafford's arm? I am worried about Stafford's arm when you, okay. I was worried about it as like a dumb fan. Who's not a quarterback. Like, I don't know how, you know, it's funny. We go through our whole careers and we're like, we never think about quarterback arm soreness or any of this stuff Or like, it's just, I, I don't know what the red flags are, but I would think, you know, a pitch count on deep balls in practice in August is not a good thing. And so I asked a quarterback or two that I know in the NFL and they were like, yeah, these are red flags. Like it could be nothing, but also it's kind of like that the way they've gone out of their way to be like, it's nothing. You know, it's like McDaniels yeah. talking about Tua or something. <laughs> no offense to anybody. I'm just saying like, I'm worried about Stafford's arm. I am. And I'm worried about his, I, his uh, offensive line, dude. So if I, if I may, I feel like, it's definitely something to be concerned about, but McVay is a good fucking coach, man. And I think they can figure out a way around it. If it really becomes an issue, the offensive line thing is another animal. I mean, Whitworth is a, like to play at that level in your forties as a left tackle is incredible. Um, but what's his name? Nope. Bloom stepped in at times last year when, uh, Whit missed time. And then, you know, my buddy, big Rob, Rob Havenstein is the right tackle. So we love Rob. Got, Rob, got Rob's got one of the biggest backs in NFL history, dude. He's it got a back like a refrigerator, man. You should have seen when he came in our, our freshman year at Wisconsin, he was the biggest motherfucker I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, but he's a great guy. And I know they re-signed Brian Allen too for center. So there's a little bit of consistency there. And I think the scheme that they run is very O-line friendly. I think it is. I think in, in some of the years when Todd Gurley was really rolling, they got a little bit overhyped. And, you know, people would mention them up yeah. there with like the, the Rams or with the Eagles line. And I was like, nah, they're not the same. They're, but they're good as a unit, though. They're not good. They're not as good individually, like in one on ones and stuff like that. And then another, they have another Wisconsin guy, too, David Edwards. Um, 
you know, and I think he's coming along. I'm maybe not as concerned about their O-line as some, um, but that's because, you know, my buddy plays for him. I'm not going to fucking... I am concerned about him. I'm concerned about the guard. Um, you know, you, you go fuck them picks, and then you draft one, and, and he gets hurt. And then Note Boom, who is a hell of an athlete, like... The, he's he he's got to play a full season, you know, for me to believe that he's a guy who can just lock people down uh, consistently. And the Rams are the favorite to win the division on WinBet at plus one twenty five, Niners plus one sixty, Cardinals plus three fifty. So I mean, the Niners would be a good bet here, but Vegas is kind of telling you it's not too far fetched. And uh, you mentioned the coach, like McVeigh's a hell of a coach, dude. I got so much respect for him, but in that matchup between him and Shanahan Shanahan's had the upper hand like yeah. it was maddening at times if you were a Rams fan even last year like 10 minutes to go in that game you're like oh my god we're gonna lose these guys again so yeah. like they've they've kind of owned the matchup um tight end depth isn't great for them Allen Robinson is going to be huge you know freeing Cooper up and then like putting them on, on opposite sides and and getting those one-on-ones Tutu Atwell is a name you got to remember. Supposedly, he's really impressed in 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 practice. And it's funny enough, they they just are doing joint practices right now with the Bengals. I've ne- like that's so funny. They just played each other in the yeah. Super Bowl, and now they're doing. And the wound is a little fresh, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'd be fucking butthurt out there. But I'd be really butthurt. It's like the last. It's the last week of camp, though. So like these guys are probably just like, can we can yeah. we get through this? You know, uh-huh. get this game done so we can get like, some time off. Before yeah. yeah. <laughs> Evidently, there was a fight at Bengals. Bengals Rams. Oh, people are hitting people Ooh, with helmets. The helmet. The helmet. The helmet. Now we're going to say Aaron's the worst person in the history of the world because he hit somebody with a helmet. I'm just telling you, I'm not doing this. Bro, if look these... how fast he popped up after getting ro- like. Because he. God, that's sick. He's so fucking sick, dude. <laughs> a... But here's the deal, dude. We went through it with Miles Garrett. Okay. Like people want to talk about what led to that or whatever. But I- I'm just saying, people are going to make some big deal about this stuff. And I'm telling you, people have hit people with helmets before in the NFL. There's going to be a bunch of former players. Their own teammates. They're, they're, I've hit my own teammates with helmets. Who gives a fuck? Okay, so here's the deal. There's going to be some grifters. There's going to be some former NFL players who see an opportunity to get on Mount Pius, as Dave Damashek would call it, and they're going to say, I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. We saw it with Miles Garrett. You're going to hear about it with, uh, with Aaron Donald here. All right, I, want, I can't wait to find out what caused this, and I will know. Um, That's funny. We were just talking about that last last time on the pod about the joint practice fights. I mean, it's in, it's inevitable, bro. So basically, two, two teams that played in the Super Bowl, right? And then a couple so months funny. later, joint practice. Like, okay, joint practices are, are are combustible, anyways. The yeah. wounds have not healed, dude. This was no. a mistake. This was a mistake practicing these two teams together. I don't know what Sean McVay and Taylor were thinking. We got an assault out of Adam Schefter on on air, uh, which of course was like tongue in cheek. Um, but Warren Sharp, who I, listen, Warren Sharp does a lot of great stuff. I don't agree with everything Warren Sharp has to say. Like the other day, he was wrong on the cut block, the cut heard around the world. He was wrong. So instead of sitting it out for a week. Now he's 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 posturing for Aaron Donald to get suspended over a, a practice fight. There's no precedent for that. Tom Pelissero tweeted about it. There's it's not a it's not the league's not responsible for what happens in practice necessarily. That's that's up to the club. So according to Tom Pelissero, who knows more than me and probably more than Warren Sharp, uh, that's not going to happen. Now maybe the league comes down and does some unprecedented shit, but like. Due to the fact that they didn't 
suspend Deshaun Watson as long as they wanted to because of a lack of precedent. I don't think swinging a fucking helmet is high on the list of things that the, the NFL needs to come down on. I've said this over and over again. It's a football fight, dude. It's a football fight. McVeigh it's said, a fucking brawl in there. McVeigh said, I don't know exactly what instigated it. I think in some instances, teams defending each other. Fortunately, my understanding is nobody got hurt and we'll move on from it. Not going to make a bigger deal than what it was. Not going to look at pointing fingers. Listen, we'll find out more, but this is not a good idea. Let me sell you on San Francisco, man. Okay, so they've had a, a coaching and playing edge over their division rival. That's one. They have a great head coach, okay, in, in Shanahan, but they also have, you know, D'Amico Ryans, who's been interviewing yeah. for, for jobs, and I really hope they, they play well this year on defense so that he can get a head coaching job. It's really cool to see guys that were great players when we played, then getting yeah. a, a shot, uh, you know, to coach and, and excelling, really. I, I, the question for me, and somebody's going to have to convince me otherwise, but the, there's nobody in the NFL that has more blue chip players than the Niners. And you couple that with the fact that they don't have a lot of bad holes. I think they're contenders. Yeah. yeah and I talked to somebody recently, a friend of mine who's in the media now, who said, and I quote, this is quite possibly the best situation for a young quarterback of all time in the NFL, um, which is very interesting because I think we all want to see how Trey Lance is going to do. I think a lot has been made about Trey Lance and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and, and all of that. And I'm not even really going to get into that, but I do think that it is a really good situation for Trey Lance, especially with their young game. And as a guy that hasn't played a ton of football, I mean, in all honesty, like, let's just, let's be honest. He hasn't played a ton of football. It could be a very advantageous situation for him. And then one other thing I want to talk about with the Niners, um, well, I play going back a little bit. I played with D'Amico Ryans, and he is a brilliant guy. Like to have a guy like that behind you on the field. I remember one time we were playing the Giants, and he literally like called out their plays like four or five times. I was a rookie at the time. <laughs> I was amazed. Yeah. Like, hey, Bo, watch lead week. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, here comes lead week. Can you was, study with me? It was awesome. Like, <laughs> it was so nice. He's like, here comes a double. I was like, perfect. Yeah. Um, so I love D'Amico, and, and he has been rightfully so getting some head coaching interviews. I don't think it'll be long before he's out there. But I do want to say I saw a fucking video of Javon Kinlaw shirtless walking off the practice field this week, and he is the beefcake of the week, man. He is fucking huge, yoked up. Uh, so I know he's banged up a little bit last year, but I'm really hoping he has a, a good season because he looks the part. So, you, you know, like you talked about the inexperience of uh, Trey Lance, and I was with you, like, I was worried as they held on to Jimmy and held on to Jimmy. I know there were injury considerations. I was like, especially late last year when Jimmy, you know, was making mistakes that could get you beat. Even in the Dallas game, he tried to get him beat. I'm not, you know, throwing sh shade. I'm just saying, like, there were plays that were, were not made by Dallas, I think, that, that could have turned the, the tide of that game. I, I mean, I was wondering why we didn't see more Trey Lance even though we saw over a hundred snaps of him, like he got right. meaningful NFL snaps last year. And he has that on a lot of young quarterbacks that he, you know, his progression, I think Shanahan's done a good job of like, just kind of like slowly ramping it up for this yeah. kid um, bringing him along. and bringing yeah. him along. Like I was on the field when cap took his first snap and I'm not comparing cap and Trey Lance, but what, what you are, what you are looking at is like a game manager type guy getting replaced by a young dynamic kid who can run some, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and went to a small school. It, like, you know, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but the Niners were very good. I think their, their odds, I looked it up last night 
in 2012 to win the Super Bowl were like 15 to two. And, and this year's team is 15 to one, so there's a difference. But two very good contender championship level teams who are making transitions from you know a game manager to a guy with some, some dynamic abilities. And they were six and two at that time when they made the switch to Cap. Cap had five minutes to get ready, man. Like that was it, it was a timeout. Alex Smith's knocked out on the field. Jolan Dunbar's like, whoops. I'm fucking looking over the sideline. They're like, who's coming in? This tall kid with an afro. I'm like, damn, he looks like he might be able to run. I'm like, so yeah. now I got to change the way I'm rushing. And he yeah. just, he torched us in the second half and then continued to torch the rest of the league. And so I'm just looking forward to seeing um, this kid play. And and when, when I said blue chip players, I challenge anybody on Twitter, fans, like show me a better group of top 30 type players in the NFL. The Eagles have a nice little group as we went through it, but Kittle, Debo, Trent, Fred, Nick. And here's another thing. They drafted almost all these guys. So good yeah. for them, dude. I'm, I, I'm in, in, in Shanahan and Lynch, I'm trusting, right? Like, so I believe in this team. Um, you also have Ayuk, who's going to play a bigger role this year. Like he seemed to finally be in good graces. Um, you, you draft a kid like Davis Price, who's more the gap scheme guy downhill. Mitchell's going to do more zone stuff. They're a little thin at O-line, but you can speak to this, Bo. I don't think it's a bad place to be a team to oh. have a thin O-line. Because oh, they, they got a really good scheme. They got a good a lot. They got a really good run scheme. They do a lot of interesting outside zone stuff out of like they can present you a lot of different really good looks with a lot of their move pieces, like their fullback, juice check, their tight end who's like imagine having a tight end like that who is, you know, a beast in the in the catch game, but also a dog blocking who really like loves it. And I just picture them using Trey Lance maybe like one or maybe like two or three times a game and design quarterback runs on like a naked bootleg out the back, but like a design one and really in critical times, like picking up a big, you know, third down on like third and three. They run like a bootleg, naked bootleg out the back. Give it to I don't know. I'm just saying No, but def defenders play speed. slower when there's a Trey yeah. Lance back there. I mean right. if if I'm playing a tenth of a second slower every play because of the threat of all this lateral shit and all mm. this gimmicky stuff. Like I always say this, if I was a head coach, I would I would do some design quarterback runs. I would do some wildcat and just put them on film, and then yeah. make people sweat them all week and all season. And they have that built into their offenses. Like they have a, an athlete back there who can do a little bit more than right. what Jimmy did. And another thing is, when this kid makes mistakes, I've said this before, he's going to make them taking shots. His yards per attempt were higher than Jimmy's last year. He took more shots. So like when Jimmy make throws a pick, is it going to be on a slant like that can kill you, or an out that can kill you if Trey? Lance yeah. makes a mistake 30 yards down the field or outside the numbers taking a shot like we can live to fight another day so I'm excited about that for them you know they got the you know they got they got to replace Tomlinson and Mack up front on defense you have one of the best players in the league in Fred Warner but Traverius Ward they added him that's a big deal corner they were thin at last year Verrett uh who was real good and a lot of people like damn he should be getting some some burn well you know he would but he's he's been hurt a lot and you know he's hurt again so um you know Traverius Ward's a big oh, deal um, Bosa is obviously one of the best in the league. Kinlaw's got to step up, as you said. They add Hassan Ridgeway and Arden Key is a loss, but let's see, um, let's see how they can mitigate that loss. Um, we didn't talk about Drake Jackson, you know. So there's a whole bunch good when you look at the Niners, and and I like them. I don't want to give anything away. I'll withhold my pick until the 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 big show, but um, I, I'm leaning Niners. Um, Fuck, let's let's whiz through Arizona because I just don't believe in them. Um, 
you know, last season, the one thing I'll say about Arizona is they've always they've always tapered off. Kyler's tapered off. Cliff's tapered off. They've faded in the second half of years. And w- what's really concerning this year is on the heels of all this noise and everything with with Kyler and the playbook and all that, you don't have uh, you don't have DeAndre Hopkins. Um, six game suspension. Uh, Christian Kirk is gone. Um, you know, like you got to start fast, man. And look at the, the the teams they play. The four out of the five teams they play the first five weeks are, are really tough. And they get Kansas City at home. They get the Raiders. They get the Chargers. They get the Panthers and the Eagles. Those are those are some tough games. Like yeah. even the Panthers is a sneaky tough game. Like there are no easy victories in the NFL, but when you got some serious contenders in your first five games, you got to start fast because knowing what I know about this team, they're not going to finish. And you know up front, they get you know they 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 bring in Will Hernandez, but they they talk they're talking about trading for Cody Ford. They already traded for Cody Ford. Like there's something going on in the interior. Um, Rodney Hudson flirted flirted with retirement. Um, they got to yep. replace Chase Edmonds, who wasn't a you know he's not a premier player, but he's a he's a big deal. And I don't know, man. I just I don't. We're kind of talking about Kyler because that's what it comes down to. I don't care yeah. what happens on defense. It's yeah, all I about mean, Kyler. I, it's exactly, and it's a tough division, man. I mean, Seattle. The questions here: ha, Who's this team going to be in a couple years, and will they be in a good position to catch the bus when it comes to like Matt Stafford retiring and there being a power shift, and finally everything catching up to LA, you know, or Arizona falling through? Like C- Seattle, San Francisco seems like they're going to be here a while, right? Arizona's, yeah, I mean, you know, Arizona's it's Arizona. To talk but, about Seattle right now with their their quarterback competition that I think everyone is so fucking excited about. Um, Least exciting QB competition since when, Reed? Well, probably since 2022 with Carolina, Baker, and and Sam. Oh, my God, dude. There there have been a couple. 2009 Bucks with uh, Leftwich, McCown, and Freeman. The 2010 Panthers had Matt Moore, Jimmy Clausen. Um, the 2015 Texans had Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett. How about the 2012 Cardinals, John Skelton and Kevin Kolb? Uh, the 2008 Cobb, Reed, that's Cobb. Put some respect on his name, bro. We sacked, <laughs> him. We sacked Kevin Cobb eight times on Thursday Night Football, bro. That's his eyes were bugging out of his head. <laughs> that's a good day. And the uh, 2016 and 2017 Broncos, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, and Mark Sanchez. I feel like you've, you've, you've battled through a couple of these, Reed. Yep. So, yep. so, yeah, I mean, like... Uh, <laughs> well, here's the thing, Chris, is like... We're about to do this preview and like trying to think about the Seahawks. And it's like you think about these exciting players from Seattle over the last couple of years, and fucking none of them are there. All oh, the yeah. cornerstones of the, of the organization from the last five years, and it's like you know Russ is gone, Chris Carson just retired, and that's a really good running back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we played him, and he ran all over us when I was in Tampa one year. And we had the number one rush defense. He had like he ripped off like a seventy yard run in the B gap that I was not happy about, but yeah. like. All, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the Seattle, the Seattle team, an exciting Seattle team at all. No, I mean, no, 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 dude. That's, dude, dude. that's me being very critical, but like, they're a such a fun place to play. The, you know, 12th man, like, that's one of my favorite spots I've played. And it's like, you look at it on paper and you're like, fuck, you guys are in for a fun year, man. You and know? no offense, no offense to the 12th man, but I think they're on IR right now. I'm, I think they're gearing <laughs> up to be like, oh, Hammy, like, you know, 12th man's. Yeah. 12th man's got one of those injuries you can fake right now because I don't think that, you know, like 
Seattle, they love football there, and I one of the best crowds in football. But like, I haven't seen them struggle in a while. I played the Jim Mora Seattle Seahawks, you know, I, my rookie year or whatever it was. That that place was pretty loud there, but there was a level it got to with Lob and Russ. Like it was deafening. Yeah. So, what do you think, Reed? Set an over under on the attendance this year, average attendance for these these jokers. So, average attendance last year was sixty eight thousand four hundred and eight. That was their seventh highest in the last thirteen years. It had declined in the last like five. So, I'm going to do over under sixty seven five. Oh, I'm taking the under. Under 67.5? I think because I think by the tail end of the season, we're going to see what these folks are really about up there. Where's their opener at? So it's in Seattle. So that's going to be rocking. Their people are going to be, the 12s are going to be out there for their their old buddy. You think they're going to boo Russ? No, they're going to cheer Russ. Big time, dude. They don't do that shit there. Okay, let's finish with the uh, NFC North, shall we? Very docile. I'm in Northland right now. I'm up near Birchville, Wisconsin at my cabin, Chris. This is Packer country. And it looks beautiful outside. Um, I say some shit about the Packers right now. Yeah. Might be some dudes in blaze orange pop out of the woods and fuck me up. <laughs> well, tell, so tell us what you tell us. Be, then be positive. Tell us about the Packers yeah. this year. What do you think well, about the Packers, Bo? I think the Packers have an electric quarterback who just got a hard reset after taking some ayahuasca this offseason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think everyone knows Devontae Adams is gone. How do you replace that production? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they got Christian Watson. It was a second round pick. Let's see what's up with him. I mean, I, you never really know what you're going to get with a rookie. Um, Lazard's good. They have a pretty good run game. I'm concerned about their O-line from an offensive standpoint. Uh, Bakhtiari, I think they just reactivated him, but I know he's a little banged up last year, but that's a premier guy when he's healthy. Uh, I guess the bottom line is I think that their offense is run through their quarterback who's really fucking good and i think they're gonna be okay but there might be a little bit of growing pains so yeah and you you heard him talk about romeo dobbs and like talking about drops and that sort of thing and i'm okay with him pushing that kid um he's earned the right to do that obviously he supposedly dobbs is turning some heads too and you know like remember last year jamar chase couldn't catch the ball in in training camp so like I, i think there's it's just more unknown the unknown's scary they have invested in a little bit uh, unlike yeah. some years in the past, but the unknown is scary. I think they should go out and try to get Mike Gusecki. Call me crazy, and maybe I'm missing something. But you know, a bunch of people are listening to me like, well, they have Robert Tunyon, uh, and Tunyon's Bob Tunyon's a blocker, and he's a tight end. Like he's he's a receiving tight end, but he can block, and he's like real inline tight end. Um, not like maybe like yeah. yesterday's inline tight ends, but relative to Mike Gusecki is. Mike Gusecki is not a fucking tight end. He doesn't have to be. Just split no. him out wherever you want. And and put that big target out there with with uh, with with Rogers in the red zone. You get him. You get Randall Cobb. You know his his favorite guy. Um, yeah. I, there's more than you think, but it ain't much. And I kind of wonder if altogether, when you take the offensive line into account, like how long it's been since Rogers had played with a worse group. Um, you mentioned Bakhtiari getting back. Um, Elton Jenkins. Uh, you know at at right tackle, I believe, off an ACL. It, with this offensive line, man, in the NFC Championship two years ago, the Bucks got after him. I think it was five yeah. sacks. And then they ran into a wall against San Francisco well, at home. And San Francisco yeah. at home, they had to start, you know, two tackles. They had to start Rick Wagner at right tackle. They had to start Turner at left tackle when Jenkins was out with the ACL. So the offensive line has been an issue for them in the past. Chris, if I may, I think with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, like 
sometimes like a little bit like what we were talking about with Tom Brady earlier, you can hide some deficiencies in the offensive line by just, you know, getting your offense into the best play at the line of scrimmage or just knowing what the fuck the defense is in and getting the ball out fast. I think a bigger concern is like just Packers becoming really um, one dimensional offensively, like not able to run the ball. And they have pretty good backs, honestly. Um, so you almost wish that they'd have a little better offensive line so that they could commit to their run game a little bit more. I think that's more my concern down the stretch, you know, cause they play outside in the cold weather and shit like that. Like if you can have a run game, that's effective. It really helps your team, uh, especially like burn clock when you're up shit like that. So I think that's kind of where my head goes with the Packers online, but I mean, we'll see man. You can make up for a lot of shit by having a really, really good quarterback. You can, and you can make up for a, uh, you know, a lack of, you know, overall skill in the run game by getting the ball on the perimeter with the quick game. Like Hackett was so good at, mm. at creating run game uh, with Devonte Adams. Like who's going to pick up that slack? It's impossible to do, but who's going to yeah. be the guy that does the dirty work, uh, the pass game that really, you know, amplifies the run game or, you know, um, you layer it on top of the run game. Like, that's a big question for me. Yeah. And defensively, though, yeah. I mean, I like him. I do. You mentioned um, Kenny Clark, man. That dude's a fucking baller. He's yeah. good. He's long. He's, I think he's only like 25, maybe. I mean, I have to look it up, but like, he is one of the really good. And, you know, he's a nose guard, but he is, in my opinion, like a Chris Jones level of interior defender. Like, he can do a lot of different things. And I think he's really good. I also think Dean Lowry is you know a nice you had to get that in there yeah he doesn't get enough love you gotta gotta give him some love yeah Uh, yeah but i know and then rashawn gary i think is kind of ready is i think he's on the cusp of a big year rushing off the edge they lost what's his name big z right he went to the bikes Thanks. Yep. Uh, yep. Smith. Yeah. He's, he's over yeah. on the other end of the division and that's going to be uh, important when we talk about the Vikings, but like Quay Walker uh, and Campbell at linebacker has a chance to be a really fun, really good unit. Obviously the secondary is exciting and that sort of thing, but um, you know, their defense, you, you mentioned uh, Rashawn Gary, who took a big step ahead last year and did it in the playoffs too, which was fun to right. watch. Um, you know, I know what it's like as a rusher to be a high pick and kind of like it takes yeah. time. So like this kid is coming into his own. Um, I'm excited to watch him play. And Rich Basaccia, who became yeah. a really big figure in the NFL last year to, yeah. you know, the, the average fan, you know, as the interim head coach in, in, in Vegas, he was loved. Uh, seems like a great guy, but a really good special teams coach. And Mason Crosby, the longtime kicker there, is he's got to have a bounce back year. They had issues. You remember the Cincinnati game? Their special yeah. teams has been kind of like an Achilles heel for them. They're going to be better with Bisaccia. So they're going to improve in some areas. And then in some areas, you're right. It's just all about Aaron and how many warts he can cover, dude. You know. Um, but as you said, he got the reset. I want to take a second to just say this. I appreciate Mercedes Lewis. He needs yeah. a lifetime achievement award, man. This motherfucker's been in the league twenty years, blocking these shit out of people. Grinding. He's been old. He's old enough that, like, if you played defensive end his rookie year, you could have had a kid, and yeah. the kid. I mean, probably not. I'm not doing the math here, but you, he could block multiple generations of NFL. But he's players. not doing the sexy stuff either, which is impressive. Like he's down in the muck, man. Yeah, and and he knows karate, the whole thing, <laughs> dude. Like this guy, he's just a man's man. He's a karate yeah. fucking practicing blocking tight end. He's a dinosaur. He's he's like a Komodo dragon, dude. Got those fucking grippers, though. But what I mean by that is 
everybody else is extinct. He's like one of the few left. Oh, okay. So I think yeah. it's kind of it's kind of tight to see Mercedes Lewis out there, um, you know, playing year seventeen or eighteen or whatever it is. That guy could really block Nana. It's supposedly can, I talked to. Uh, it was, I think I talked to Cam Jordan. He was like, yeah, he's still pretty good. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Um, Minnesota. I mentioned, um, you know, I think it was the Saints challenging the Bucks. Like, the Vikings yeah. might be able to challenge the Packers even more so. And I thought yeah. there was a time like a year ago where I was like, they're going to rebuild next year. Like, I don't even know why you roll the ball out there. But they seem to really like the, the new coach. The vibe supposedly is high. O'Connell from LA, another like kind of Sean McVay branch of the tree, except this one's tall. People really <laughs> like him, and he's inheriting a group where there's some positives here. Like Kirk Cousins has been a pretty good quarterback in the NFL. He's yeah. polarizing, but he's been a pretty yeah. good quarterback in the NFL. He has to be better in December. Um, but O'Connell, I mean, I've actually been defending Cousins to my buddies in Minnesota. I grew up in Minnesota. All my friends from Minnesota are Vikings fans. It's so fucking annoying. One of my buddies in the group chat will not shut up about how bad Kirk Cousins is, and I've been defending him for real because he's been good. He has. It's just he's just he like hasn't he hasn't maybe been worth that contract, but like you don't know how bad it can get with some of these quarterbacks. His approval rating is uh, is is too low. Okay, I'll admit that. Um, and and he worked with this head coach in Washington, so there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot. The run game, obviously, Dalvin Cook. They have always given Green Bay fits. Like, look it up. Go look at the Green Bay Minnesota uh, series over the past couple years. As a gambler, it's been tough to call, dude. And if you're if you're sharp, you'll make money off the Vikings there. But like, I I think they're gonna challenge Green Bay. I really do. I'm not saying they're gonna yeah. they're gonna win the division, but they'll hang in there. And they got some secondary qu- questions. They've added some pieces. Yeah. They grabbed that kid, the safety from Georgia, scene who like if you watch that. that that national championship you watched the playoff you were like god damn this guy is like a he's like a missile um andrew yeah. booth uh at corner so they've had some guys in the secondary yeah. i mean i was looking up because like obviously zimmer is a big defensive guy and he's out and they were four three and with those double a gap blitzes that fucking zim love and i was like who the fuck is the d coordinator because i know they have some players so it's donatelli right who's been around and they're gonna run a base three four which when I, once I started looking at their personnel, I actually got kind of excited about because they got Tomlinson, who was in New York for a while. And that's a big fucker. He's good. He's yeah. good on the side. He's going to play some nose guard really well, I think. And then uh, Harrison Phillips is a guy they got from Buffalo last year. Is his first year. I think he'll do well in that two-gap scheme. We'll see. They were a 4-3 in Buffalo, but I think they ran a 3-4 like that when he was at Stanford. Always got to keep an eye on my white uh, interior defensive lineman. So yeah, they always here. find a way into these breakdowns. Yeah, I know. It's weird. I don't get it. Uh, but then uh, Daniil Hunter's really long, good edge rusher. And he was, he's, he's been a little, I don't know, like he's, he's been, he was out a little bit last year. Yeah, but when he's healthy, he's as good as just about long, anybody. He's young. He can get after. He's got a nice get off. And then Zadarius Smith on the other side. Um, and then shout out to Jordan Hicks, who I play with in Philly, who's just a fucking great guy, solid yeah. guy, smart. So I guess what I'm saying is like, I was a little, before I did a little bit of research, I was kind of out on the Vikings defense. But now I think they've got some pieces to really get excited about, uh, especially in their front seven. So I think it could be like a, I don't know, sneaky good, maybe. Well, think we'll about see. the way their strengths, um, counteract or match up with green bay's weakness uh, offensively right, right? Yeah. so you're worried about their their secondary we'll see how these young guys shake out 
Well, Green Bay's yeah. not that great outside. Okay, like Green Bay's worried about the O line. Well, I mean, the, we I don't think we mentioned Sammy Watkins in Green Bay though. Like he was yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers recently. I mean, maybe he'll have a big year. But he doesn't really. He's not really spooky. He's yeah. not moving the needle for me. But if you look at their, yeah. you know, if Green Bay's offensive line's a concern, look at Big Z. Look at uh, look right. at uh, Hunter. Look, look at all these guys, man. Like this is going to be a battle, and we haven't even mentioned Detroit. Like the NFC but, North is low key a tough division, man. Um, that might be the best division, the, the second best division. I mean, Chicago brings the average way down, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it might go NFC West, NFC North. I mean, um, if you look at Detroit. And maybe this is the hard knocks effect, and maybe it's the Dan Campbell effect. But I watched them a lot last year. They they hung in there. They almost beat really good teams. They beat really good teams. Well, I don't know if you would qualify the Cardinals as a really good team, but they they beat the brakes off them late in the year. The Rams, they damn near Jared Goff. I wanted him to win that game so bad, man. Jared Goff, he took a lot of shit in L.A. Uh, and I like him, and I think his teammates like him. And I know maybe he's not the answer, but this team's going to have a high rating of, like, like vibes. Like, the vibes are going to be good on this team. They're going to want to play yeah. for each other, you know, and they want to play for Dan. And the O-line right. is a strength. There's a bunch of first-rounders on there. There's big our buddy Big V, uh, who, who yeah. came from Philly, who they signed to a Frank big deal. Ragnow. And they have really good, yeah, Ragnow is one of the best setters in the league. And then you've got really good running backs. So yeah, best. Yeah. They, they got some weapons outside. So I, I don't know, man. The defense is a big question mark to me. They got my guy Rodrigo there with the, running yeah. with the one six round pick, that sort of thing. I don't want to short the yeah. defense on time. I want to see Aiden Hutchinson flourish and all that. But um, yeah. They got NFL coaches, man. They got NFL playing coaches, man. They got they got guys who have been been there. They know what the stresses of rebuilding are like. They know what they know what it's like to 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 make an Emmy. They they know what it's like to have a, a growing pain. So I'm excited about this group, and I think in crisis they're going to be as good as anybody. If this team hits a rough, yeah. a rough patch, these coaches can handle it. Yeah, I mean, I think I wasn't expecting to, you know, kind of root for the Lions just because. It's the fucking Detroit Lions, you know, mm -hmm. but after watching some of those hard knocks, I'm in on Dan Campbell and I wish him success. And it's been fun to get to know some of these guys, you know, deuce, deuce. We love, you know, fucking great coach, great guy. And, uh, I don't know. I guess what I, what I'm saying is I want them to do well and I hope they do. And I, I mean, I don't fucking know. Maybe. <laughs> me, me neither, dude. That's, that's a great <laughs> synopsis. Know. You're like, that's, I don't fucking, it. I just want I him to play well, know. but I don't know. Wait, yeah. is that so? Wait, did that that's an insight. You were a Packers fan growing up. I was a Packers fan growing up. Yeah. So now that you're retired, what's the rule for us? Can we do we yeah. have to root for our former teams or like I obviously do, but can I, I pick a favorite team? Like, can you pick a favorite team? Dude, I just root for like the players that I my buddies that are still playing that are on teams. You know. Yeah. So like. Like, I want Kels to play really well in Philly. Obviously, I think, like we said, we're kind of Eagles fans just because we have to be. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, I mean, I got a lot of friends on the Bucks cheering for them, buddies on New England. But, like, if you're looking for a random team to kind of root for, like, the Lions is not bad. I, no, I really consider like them. Yeah, think how, about it. How instrumental in your development as a young boy was Gilbert Brown? Gilbert Brown, the grave digger. Yeah, dude. dude. I, I remember I got I met Aaron Campman. You know who that is? I love Aaron Campman. Can he we talk about like, Aaron Campman? He wore like 74 for the pack. Back the, the my day. actual decent pro comp. You you want to find me a white guy? Uh, like yeah. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah. That guy, he was all long arm. He was a lot of all long, long arm. arm. He was a lot yeah. of long arm. He was a lot, but he was fun, man. I really liked Aaron yeah. Campman, and people don't fucking talk about him. You know why people don't talk oh. about him? Because he's living on a farm somewhere, dude. And yeah, if exactly. anybody that listens to this podcast knows Aaron Campman or knows somebody that knows Aaron Campman, please tell him I said thank you. Get him on the pod. Fuck. I don't know if he has broadband, dude. <laughs> Guy, we'll, we'll call in from his tractor on Zoom. One of the best exactly. calls. All the hey, dude. When one thing about this podcasting biz, Bo, is you get into it, is like you never know what you're gonna get on the other side with the Zoom thing. Like we had Freddie Gibbs on. You know Freddie Gibbs, the rapper, one of my yeah. favorite rappers. I was so like fucking excited to have him on. And when he picked up and he was in his car. I was like, oh, fuck. It's just going to be yeah. a bad interview, that sort of thing. Then I saw his mom was in the car with him. <laughs> but he, he he was he was perfect. He was the best guest ever. Like, But when a guy picks up the phone and he's got like a fucked up background, it makes you nervous. I feel like Aaron Campman would be in his tractor. Yeah. Or like me here, like I'm podcasting for my cabin. We got the cicadas in the background. Well, that's my the mom, part, yeah. That I my just... mom's pulling in the driveway right now, coming up to the lake. Oh, no. Uh, you love to see it. You though. love it's to family, see it. It's a family podcast. Dude. What team are you forgetting? Oh, what am I? Oh, the, the Chicago Bears. So We're forgetting them so much that, look at Bo has stood up and exited the frame of the Zoom because the Bears are so bad that Mike Martz said they're going to be the worst offense since the Detroit Lions. And that's how much I believe in Justin Fields that I am saying into an empty Zoom screen. I'm talking to a fucking lake in Wisconsin Hang in there, Justin Fields. I believe in you. Bo's back. I believe in Justin Fields. I don't care how bad Mike Mart says it is. Mooney's catching strays. Mooney's like, I'm a fucking player, man. Hey, I heard you were talking about the Bears. I was like, let me get the fuck out of the frame. For a <laughs> but honestly, man, I, 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 hate, I hate this for Justin Fields. And I hope that just I can keep talking to the lake about Justin Fields, but I just hope that Justin Fields is okay, man. That's my Bears breakdown. Okay, I hope Justin Fields is okay. I agree; they might be one of the most untalented teams in the league. It's going to be a long year there. You said it, and and now you have all your NFC. I mean, the other day I put on Twitter, anybody we shorted in the AFC breakdown, I was like, no, pretty good, like. Can't wait to ask the same question now. Hey, Bears yeah. fans, just put some effort and energy behind not getting your fucking stadium moved to that to that sterile but beautiful rendition I saw, like thirty no miles shout out away. For Rob Quinn, though. Oh well, Rob Quinn, obviously, Rob Quinn is 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 the guy. He he made the top one hundred. Guys were marveling, dudes. Darren Waller was like, Darren Waller was like, Robert Quinn, like. Holy shit, I remember I was in like middle school and that guy had like 20 sacks yeah. for the Rams. Robert Quinn's yeah. gotten a shout out the previous 404 shows. <laughs> yes, so. he has. That's on the, the green light bingo. I was trying to spread the love, dude. Bo, you drew the ire of a head coach in preseason. Yeah, that uh, had a little anxiety flashback to that. I was talking about that in the group chat today with Kelsey and Selleck. That's something I was thinking about. I mean, the structure of the preseason games has changed a little bit different. It's, or it's a little bit different now. I think they're only doing three, but for a while it was four. <clears throat> and it was like a seventh-round pick. I was playing every fucking snap of that fourth preseason game because all the starters are sitting, right? And so, like, it's always a bloodbath. So, shout-out to all the guys that are, like, playing those preseason games because guys know that they're, you know, 
they're a day or two away from roster cuts. It's the last tape you can get out there. If you're not going to make this team, like put some good tape out there for the next team, you're exhausted. You're playing a million snaps. You know, there are bodies on the ground. There's no replacements. Like, so shout out to those guys. Good luck out there. However, let me tell you about one time I really fucked up. Chris was alluding to. So I was always playing in the fourth preseason game, except our Super Bowl year, 2017, I tore my pack in the offseason, so I like missed a good portion of camp. But Jim Schwartz wanted to get me some reps in the fourth preseason game. He's like, we're going to put you on a pitch count. All right? So I'm happy to be back. I played like 10, 15 snaps, and I was so used to playing in the entire game and having it be such a grind. And I remember being in the locker room at halftime, and they're like, you can take your pads off. And I was like, whoa, what? And, and then – like it was like Kels was like encouraging me like yeah like take your pads off man like make yourself comfortable here like we like to eat hot dogs he, like show me this little back secret room where there's these hot dogs oh the hot dog there. room yeah the hot dog room the secret hot dog the glizzy room the glizzy room so I'm like taking my pads off which is kind of fucking hard because like it's one of the hardest things in football those jerseys are tight like that it's, and it's playing like, a four eye playing a four eye yeah. and taking your jersey off. Playing a four eye is fucking hard, especially. Yeah. Anyway, don't don't let me get distracted, Chris. So like taking the jersey off, eating some hot dogs. Really like in my mind, I made it. I'm not playing the fourth preseason game. I'm shooting the shit with my buddy Kels in this back room, eating hot dogs, like talking about you know bullshit. And then we go out and look in the main locker room. No one is there. It's a fucking ghost. Oh, how how scared do you feel? I'm like, oh fuck. I was like. I've had dreams where this happens. So then we walk out in the fourth preseason game and Philly was always in New York. We always play the jets. I don't know why it was like that, but it was close. <laughs> yeah. And we're walking out and me and Kelsey are like, you know, I, I hadn't really dawned on me yet. Like I thought like maybe we'd miss the team going out by like, <clears throat> you know, 10, 15 seconds. Like we're just a little bit behind. We walk out of the fucking tunnel, dude, and the kickoff team is lining up. Oh. And we're like, and it's, we're so, and I still had a hot dog in my hand. And I just shoved <laughs> the rest of it in my mouth as fast as I could. And we like, kind of do like, kind of do like a panic little like hurry up trot, you know? Yeah. Like, not really a run, but like trying to like stay out of Chewing an entire glizzy. <laughs> They're kicking the ball too into where me and Kelsey are. <laughs> And like I had my pads off for the first time, the first time I missed the pre or first time I wasn't playing the preseason game, and I'm like, oh, I am fucked. All the dudes are running back towards us. Like it was a touchback, I think. So like, all, like you know how fifties to have those guys run through kickoff. Oh yeah, they're and damn like, near bumping into you and Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. So like we like round the, the back corner of the end zone, and then I just sprinted uh, over to the sign because like. You can get a penalty for that too, but yeah. like it's a fourth preseason game, so the rest like, that would have been icing out. on the cake. And, and uh, and Selleck, Selleck comes running and goes, You guys are so fucked. Doug is so pissed. <laughs> He's gonna find all you guys. He's gonna find the fuck out of here. And Selleck is like all excited about it. My heart fucking drops. Like, I'm, I'm on my se- my first contract, seven round pick. They're gonna give me like con- conduct detrimental to the team. Big Dom comes walking over. He's like, Oh, D- Doug's gonna get your ass. Doug's gonna get your ass. The whole time, all I could think about is how much I'm going to get fined, how fucking stupid I look with this little fucking half my pads on, eating this hot dog rolling across. It's like, okay, what are they going to do to Kels? You know what I mean? But like, your boy is going to get in some trouble. Made an example out of. So long story short, I like went up to Doug's office the next day. And at all, you know, you, 
Selleck, everyone is just feeding this. Like, dude, you might be in trouble here. Like, they might really, like, really find your ass. Like, you're fucked. So I went up and was like, hey, coach, like, I'm, I'm really sorry, man. Like, I never, I never not played in the game. I didn't really know how much time we had. Like, I, I, and he's like, oh, I was just fucking with you. We're not going to find you. Oh, my <laughs> God. I thought y'all got I've fined, ever, bro. No, didn't find us. The happiest I've ever been in my life. And he's like, oh, by the way, you made the roster. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Doug. Yeah. It was so great. Man. You're but such a fucking worry wart. You had to be so nervous for 24 no, to 48 get, hours, dude. I didn't get an ounce of sleep that Because some bro. guys will get fined 25K for that. I think Seriously. you missed. I think you got lucky not to like, I want to be sure about this. I want to go back and look. But I remember at some point late in my career that somebody did get fined for that big. And yeah. I think maybe it was, uh, you know, like in the midst of when we, we were defending the Super Bowl and you had moved on to greener pastures. And we were in the preseason, and dudes were ask, acting complacent. So dudes really yeah. got hit over the head there. I mean, Dude, but, but like the panic of like, you know how you have some, I don't know if this is a me thing, but like you have those dreams where like you're late to something. Oh, every you're trying time. to get there and you're going, you're moving in slow-mo. When we walked out of that little glizzy room and the locker was empty, bro, my heart dropped. Dude, listen, I have a recurring dream where I can't get my pads on and people are out on the field. Like they finally right. stopped a year ago or so, but I think it was, it's some, it's a thing that football players yeah, deal with. We, we might need to bring Freud in for that one. But yeah, like, well, dude, he's dead. I, <laughs> alive or dead. Uh, yeah. But I think about that sometimes, and that shit, like, I'll start sweating. It's just that moment, and the kickoff team's coming down. <laughs> like, Bro, dude, how was it, though? Was it good? It was, was a good hot dog at the very least. Okay. But I couldn't even enjoy my time not playing in the fourth preseason game because I was hey, so since stressed we're, out about Since we're time. talking food, there, Bo. What it reminded me of was the worst meal on the road I ever heard of, uh, and it was yeah. it was your meal. Do you remember you were telling me about this in Kilim on Kilimanjaro? You were talking about well, yeah. there's a bingo point, but Bo was on Kelly, and uh, he was telling me about uh, a really bad meal because we were complaining about one of the the soups, uh, like spoiled yeah. Americans, and uh, Bo was like, "I've had a worse soup." Yeah, I mean, I'll try to be brief, but. <laughs> So basically, we were playing the Cowboys one year. This is when I was in Tampa. And, like, got really excited for the trip because, like, stayed at Four Seasons. Like, they got really good food. Like, usually you'll, you'll go out with – we would go out with the D-line and, like, get a nice meal. But, like, canceled before because I wanted to do room service. Like, I had some shows and shit I wanted to watch. that. That's the move on the road. I had, like, a big plan. So I was all excited. This is like, Gerald McCoy, and his room was right next to mine. And, like, he was kind of pissed because I, like – you know, cancel our meal. And I was stoked about it. Telling everybody, I was looking at the four seasons menu online before on the plane, like fucking pumped. I get a little bit excited about food. All right. And, uh, I've seen it. Yeah. And so we get in and I ordered, Re hold on, Bo. Remember the bear was taking my kids food, all my kids, <laughs> delicious kids foods. When you came to visit, he told yeah, them a bear, bear had broken in some bear broke into your house and ate all the sour patch kids. It was wild, man. <laughs> Same bear it smoked all your reefer. <laughs> Not much of it. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys are over on Flathead Lake, look out. There's some bears gonna break the cinnamon it. bear. Eat all your cereal and your sugary snacks. <laughs> oh fuck. Da da where's the Swedish food? All right. Anyway, what the fuck is I even talking about? You were in Dallas. You were oh. you were excited for your meal at the Four Seasons. Yeah. So I I like was kind of trying to decide between like a chicken tortilla type thing and like a 
like a chicken dumpling, like a, more of like a chicken pot pie, but it was kind of more soupy than like a pot pie. But anyway, so I was consulting with my buddy, Gerald. Anyway, I ended up going with the pot pie, sat down, had my little room service cart right in front of the TV. Like had my chair was like really excited about it and like took a couple bites and it was good. And I was, I was like, fuck yeah, my plan came to fruition. Like I'm good. Like this is, this is why we, this is yeah, why we plan. We look at the menu execution, college football a, on. Yeah. 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 Like a big night game. Take a bite. Crunch down hard, hard. I was like, oh, this might be like a chicken bone or something. Like they probably use authentic chickens. Fucking pull it out, dude. And it was like this big. Okay. And like very distinctly a toenail, a big toe toenail. A bit, and I was like sitting there stunned. Looking at it. <laughs> Four seasons, dude. Like just like couldn't comprehend. Like, wait, what is this? What what the fuck is this? And you know, we all know what toenails and fingernails are like. Okay? No, I mean not in our mouths. Well, yeah, if you bite your fingernails, I guess. I mean, there's a distinct nail texture, and so like I was like, oh my god, what do I do? So I called up Joe. I was like, dude, you got you gotta come over here. Just like come over. He's like, what? He's like, what? I'm fucking eating, bro. I'm like, yeah, stop. <laughs> come over. <laughs> look, at, look at this. I'm like, tell me what you think this is. And he's like, and Gerald is very expressive. Okay. So he was instantly on my side. He's like, it's a fucking toenail. <laughs> Gerald doesn't, Gerald doesn't swear, but, and so like, I had this big idea. I was like very perturbed. I had this big idea that I was going to like complain to four seasons. And like, I called, I'm from the Midwest. Okay. Like I don't send back like dishes and stuff. That's like outside my comfort zone. I don't do that. If something doesn't taste good, I'm just going to grind it out and eat the whole thing. But like a fucking big toe toenail in your, pot pie is a little bit different so i called down it was like yeah can you send someone up here immediately i found a big toe toenail and it was like <laughs> distinctly a big toe toenail and they like sent up some like 22 year old kid they could tell i was a little angry on the phone and i was like complaining with him like it was me and gerald complaining to him and eventually like i had this idea that i was gonna like get a sweet free meal out of it or like you know, maybe like a week in the four seasons. Sweet free meal. Yeah, get the fucking sweet. Bro, they gave me like a little dessert. Like a little sorry, like a little chocolate lava cake. You got to be kidding me, four seasons, Dallas. The the waitress probably like, you know, (laughs) put it in your I'm I'm telling you what's going to happen, dude. Yeah. When Macon comes back. When when Macon comes back, we're calling the four seasons in Dallas. So be tell all your fucking operators on the switchboard, the green light pod's going to be calling, so be ready because we're calling to rectify this situation, dude. Yeah, this was like five, four years ago, and I still think about that little toenail. Every time you eat a pot pie. Every time I eat a pot pie. By the way, how like, hot was it in Dallas for you to be eating this pot pie? I mean, I I don't know. It was pot pie weather. You can't eat <laughs> pot pie over 75 degrees, dude. No, I don't think it was. I think it was later in the season. Okay, but, yeah, bro, yeah. I don't fucking know. These road trips all run together, except for when you have a fucking big toenail in your mouth. Then that one sticks out a little bit. 